0: Hi, I'm Jimmy. And I'm Kennedy Carman. Hurry up and save at the all-new R-Town Ford. Your new choice in Randallstown. There's hundreds of new Ford's with total savings to up to $12,000. Or choose 0% financing up to 72 months. It's my town. It's your town. It's, it's R-Town, R-Town Ford. They've got a license to talk. Shocking, positively shocking. And the words are for your ears only. I think you got the point. Welcome, Welcome to The Words not Are Not Enough. On episode number 11 of The Words Are Not Enough is Ed Sheeran potentially writing a Bond song. As the year comes to a close, we give you a James Bond Christmas packed with our favorite snow action set pieces from the series, our favorite news stories from the year, and we top it all off with a little On Her Majesty's Secret Service appreciation. So stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. What is up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Words Are Not Enough. I believe this is episode number 11. I Don't think so. quote me, but I think it's episode number 11. Anyways, I am one of your hosts, Griffin 008 Schiller. And I am Brody 005 Saravelli. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So, <laughs> you know, the last time we did this show, I believe we said that we were going to have several episodes that would have come out before this time, um, and that did not happen. Let me tell you. Let's just let's just take a little trip down uh, memory lane here and yeah. talk about the process it took to get to the recording session of this show right. Here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think we went for about like two weeks to saying, hey, we'll do it this day. Oh, wait. No, we can't do it this. Way. Oh, we'll do it this way. No, we can't. Something else just came up. Uh, no, I think we're good for today. Nope. Can't do it. And it yeah. was just like a back and forth, back and forth. Just hectic schedules. I mean, it's the holidays. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's finals just, as well. Just, it's just been a- just shit happens. You know, maybe we should have recorded a bunch of episodes in one sitting in advance. <laughs> yeah. But um You know, I, uh, what can I say? Live live and let learn, live and let learn from that. Yeah, you live and let learn, I guess, Um, (laughs) not live and let die, I, I don't know, but (laughs) (laughs) anyways, Brody, how are you doing on this, uh, lovely Friday?
1: Uh, oh yeah, it's Friday, I've lost track of the days, to be honest. Um, they
0: blend together. They
1: all start to blend together, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good, I am, uh, no, I've finished my finals, so I'm, uh pretty relaxed to be honest not really even i feel like there's like something in the back of my mind telling me there's always something to do so there is always something to do yeah Yeah. which has been uh quite odd but yeah Yeah. no i'm I'm surviving i'm getting by so right you You know it's just like
0: just when you think you're done something else happens it's just like nope yep not letting you go yet not letting you go Oh it's not going to happen. <laughs> no, no, no. But, um, you know, the Christmas is in, what, like two, three days now? Uh yeah, we, days. We, We're recording this on December 22nd. Um, and as a result, we are going to have a nice little Christmas-themed episode for you all. Um, Ooh, how exciting. It's going to be quite nice, actually, I have to say. Uh, but but before we get into that, we do have some stories that we want to cover because we have a Tomorrow Never Lies segment. We missed some uh, stories from the past couple weeks. Um and all that good stuff. But before we dive into the stories, Brody, I want yep. you to tell us um have you finished your Christmas shopping?
1: I have not, actually to be honest. It's um actually no yeah, not not good at all. I wouldn't recommend anyone uh take this approach. But I have the advantage of most of my family living overseas, so they weren't going to get my gifts in time anyway, so it's uh, um. I'm taking advantage of that. a so little So you bit.
0: abuse this system, is what you're telling me. <laughs> That's uh, this is a, a way to put it. Um,
1: <laughs> I'm taking advantage of the of the um, the geographical constraints that have <laughs> the been imposed. Yeah, the boundaries it it, it it makes things easy, and it's also nice because uh, I get to see now what my brother got my parents and one up him now you know what i mean Ooh. so i'm gonna see how they react to what he got them Ooh. and then you know, yeah
0: it's very sneaky oh that's, um, that's a little bit of a dick move there um, <laughs> I, I don't on, know how i feel about that i'm that's, waiting on a pay you're paycheck, abusing so. the system you're taking the christmas spirit and you're taking a giant shit on it
1: wow that's an interpretation that's something I don't,
0: interpretation.
1: <laughs> I don't agree with it but we'll go with it if that's,
0: uh, <laughs> oh, dear me. All right. You know what? I think the only way to move past this is just to talk about some news to, to talk about tomorrow never lies or yeah, whatever. There you go. Does that make sense? Is that the logical progression of this conversation? That was a seamless
1: transition. Honestly, I think <laughs> one of your best,
0: <laughs> I don't know. I mean maybe it is, maybe it's not. It probably isn't. This is already starting out to be a shit show, maybe worse than the last episode. Oh my god. Well yeah, Griffin's slowly descending into like holiday madness. So You know what the problem is is when we don't do shows in X amount of weeks, I lose my touch. Yeah,
1: that might be and it. Yeah.
0: When I lose my touch, it takes me a little bit to get that touch back. Gonna to fall back into you those know. rhythms, yeah. I exclusively blame you for all of the delays. Oh my god, that's wildly inaccurate, but I'll I'll burden it. I'll be like um
1: <laughs> I'll be like Batman in <laughs> the you end mean of dark wildly night. inaccurate I'll, I'll okay. take the uh I'll, I'll I'll take the fall so that you as the Harvey Dent of this show can remain free of guilt. <laughs>
0: I don't know if I want to be the White Knight. That sounds kind of... <laughs> speaking, racy.
1: speaking of White Knight, we, we uh, can we segue oh, into Tomorrow oh, Never oh, Dies, oh, which is Tomorrow oh, Never Lies. Oh, wow, you
0: know, that is that a freaking is a transition right there! Oh, yeah, that's holy a crap! Way to, <laughs> a segment, Way to use it! Way to use it! Great, great spiral. All right, so our first topic in Tomorrow Never Lies, first story that we're going to talk about today: yes. Ed Sheeran. Ed oh. Sheeran's making waves in the Bond sphere of the interwebs. Interesting. So speaking with the lovely James Corden who Brody has no quarrels with whatsoever. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, um, not at all. He was pre- yeah, <laughs> none at all. Uh, while promoting his new album on The Late Late Show, great name by the way, quality name, mm-hmm. um, Ed Sheeran, <laughs> <You> sounds <like laughs> such assholes. Um, Ed Sheeran discussed his interest in performing a James Bond title song saying the following, With Bond, I've actually had a theme tune written for about... <laughs> theme tune wow okay that's a that's one way to say it i've actually i've had a theme tune written for about three years oh my god just, just in case. case yeah
1: like it's like he's like one of those doomsday preppers he's got like he's like just in case like i've got like, like cans at, and cans of beans just in he's case like
0: actually aware of how like popular he is and he's like i may be approached for a bond song <laughs> <laughs> he said, oh uh I'll, I'll let me finish out this quote. God, this is gonna be a struggle. Um He said, admitting filmmakers haven't got around to actually oh asking gosh. him yet. Um and then quote, but it's good, it's good. Oh. Wow. Jesus, that, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> What Christ. a story. What a Oh my gosh, terrible Brody, story. what are you? <laughs> First of all, I want to know your thoughts on not only James Corden and The Late Late Show, but your thoughts on an Ed Sheeran Bond song and um, Ed Sheeran's comments, really. Oh, my God.
1: I, um, okay, I'll start with with James Corden, which is completely irrelevant. Uh, James Corden is a blight on late night television.
0: Wow. And
1: he needs to go away. Come he's on, not He's, he's a not, nice guy. He's not, he's not a nice guy. He's not a nice guy from what I've heard. Um, he, I he, actually, the reason I don't like James Corden what have is you heard? somewhat related to James Bond. So this is actually quite a, um, so apparently, right. He was at a, he was at some sort of concert in, in the UK. And I think it was in the UK. And any, in any case he was there and, he, he saw Pierce Brosnan at this this concert, and Pierce Brosnan was mm-hmm. there with some friends. He was just being a you know a private citizen enjoying a concert, and James Corden comes approaches him at this concert and starts like 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 sort of just being an annoying fan, which is fine in and of itself. But then mm-hmm. he kept he kept harassing him saying, like expecting to be welcomed into Pierce Brosnan's group which Pierce is just there with friends just leave him alone so, like, sort mm. of say your thing and then leave him alone but he didn't he kept like sort of harassing him and mm. because of that James Corden then goes on TV on his on his show and says that Pierce Brosnan was extremely rude to him and and said like he's one of those celebrities you shouldn't meet because he's just he's like very disappointing and rude and in person and when i heard that i was just like you're a real prick like you expected everyone he thinks the world revolves around him and he's oh you're some big celebrity so that pierce brosnan must have interesting is is responsible to hang out with you because you think you're a big shot and it's just like and then you went and slandered him when he didn't want to hang out with you it's like Give the man some fucking privacy. He
0: doesn't know you. Interesting. So I'm surprised that didn't make bigger waves. If it's the it issue, it did at that the time.
1: He when he made the comments, it was like a it was a big story. It was like a tabloid story at the time. But mm. um and in general, I just don't think he's that funny. I think I'm, I'm really kind of annoyed that he's being wedged into every friggin' movie. Like he's like the the go to British guy now for all these movies. Like, he was in right. the Moji movie. He's gonna be in this that that. Um, uh, well, the, the movie um, the rabbit one I used to read those books too
0: oh yeah uh, Peter Rabbit Peter, Peter rabbit, rabbit yeah he's
1: gonna be in Peter Rabbit um, he's gonna be in um, what's that other movie he's gonna be in Oceans 8 Oh yeah, he's gonna be in Oceans Eight. He's just got, yep. he's just in a bunch yep. of shit now, and it's just annoying. And I really don't like him.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, well, now I understand a little bit more about where your uh, dismay for that was slightly James. more on topic than I thought it was gonna be. Yeah. But A little um, bit more. But, yeah, we related it back to Pierce, so that's that's good.
1: yeah. I mean, that that mainly I'm a huge James Bond fanboy, so seeing him disrespect Pierce Brosnan was definitely not a uh, way to get out of okay. good books. Yeah. Not but um, okay. Ed okay. Sheeran, on the other hand, um. Not my favorite musician, honestly. I don't dislike him. I just don't like him that much. I don't don't have any real like. Man, don't affinity. you be hating on Ed Sheeran like <gasps> that? Come I'm on. not hating. I just don't have any affinity for his music. He's good. He's very talented. I just don't. It's not my kind of music. Um, so him doing a Bond song, I'm like, uh, I don't know if I would want that in a Bond song. Like his style, but it, d-
0: it depends on the Bond song. You know, like like you said, like if it's his style,
1: yeah. Eh,
0: but. You know, I, I, and I think I did bring this up when we were talking about people who we'd like to see do a Bond song. And yeah. I had him, I can't remember whether I had him on my list or whether he was an honorable mention. I think he was an honorable mention, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I kind of liked the idea because it's a little out of the box. I think it wouldn't be like another Sam Smith for sure because Ed Sheeran isn't really piano based as far as, as his, his music goes.
1: I still think they have like a very similar vocal quality. Uh, In oh, terms no, 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 of like no, no. this, the, 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 the things they sing about, I don't know. I I, I just get like a, I I get vibes from the two of them.
0: Mm, maybe uh, I I don't know. I you know I could I could see him pulling off a good Bond song if there was a nice orchestral accompaniment. Maybe. Um, I mean, just look what he did with uh, the desolation of smog. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying like uh, I see fire is a Bond song. It's not. <laughs> it's very much a Middle Earth song. But like it's you know it shows that he can kind of do orchestral backed. Pieces, yeah, I, and that's to. the thing. I and
1: that's the thing. I think I'm probably conflating his style with him. So, and obviously, sure. I, I, I'm because I'm in my, I'm, I'm, picturing shape of you, but as a Bond song. I'm like, oh, that is oh like just, Oh, that makes me angry. But um, yeah, I mean, he's a talented guy. So if he has an idea, he seems passionate about it. Which again, going back to like the thing I say every fucking episode: if you have passion for something, that's more than enough reason for me to give you a chance so like if you have if I'm, I'm not a huge Ed Sheeran fan but if he has the pat, if he's had one for three years and he's that into Bond yeah, give him a chance.
0: Like I'll give him yeah, a chance. Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, why not? Yeah. Well, and, yeah. Th- and that's the. You know, I was I was kind of laughing about. It. He's like I've I've had a theme tune written mm. for about three. Years. <laughs> like I I don't know. I, I'm that's an awful British accent, but just like the theme tune thing got me. That was kind of a weird choice of that's words. Funny, yeah. um, and it, then he's just kind of like you know he's had it in his back pocket just in case someone comes knocking. He's had it for um, three years. So maybe it'll be for, like it wouldn't it be funny if
1: like they just used the exact song he wrote three years ago for the song. And it's like about Spectre, but they use yeah. it in a
0: different movie <laughs> yeah yeah that'd be pretty funny i i don't know my my whole thing on this is uh and, and then it was really funny that it's like they haven't gotten around to asking me yet yeah. but it's all good guys no worries i'm not offended <laughs> you know it's just kind of like if they want you they'll come to you and and i actually think they have a there's a um um there's a chance that he will be solicited for one in he's the one future. of those heart
1: new talents yeah i think i I yeah, I
0: mean, he's been you know he's been a talent for a while now, and he's very well known, respected. Um, everyone knows he's like a nice guy, and like he clearly has a passion to do a Bond song. So maybe you know, uh, hook him up with um, uh, David Arnold's or- orchestra and see there what go. Uh, okay, see what now, he can do.
1: Um, you got you wrote me back in with the David Arnold. There you we go. See, so all
0: you have to do is bring up, all you have to do is mention David Arnold. Guys. Honestly, yeah, and David- Brody just his ears perk up like a dog. It's just like whoop.
1: I mean, it's true. Yeah. Honestly, like a David Arnold could work with any musician. He could do a he could do a Bond song with Taylor Swift, and I'd give it a chance. Oh,
0: <laughs> oh stop, oh, stop. I think I think you've crossed the line. Now. Taylor, you, the, your your affection for David Arnold has now crossed into awful music tape.
1: Isn't isn't um isn't Ed Sheeran friends with Taylor
0: Swift? Uh, I think they used to date. Oh, did they really? Weird. Or they had a fling, something like Very that. Very strange. Imagine. Imagine. Actually, <gasps> actually, imagine, actually imagine, I'm yeah. pretty sure Shape of You is about uh, Taylor Swift. Interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. Okay. Wouldn't be don't, funny? Don't quote me, people. I could be wrong. This may was be a, incredibly inaccurate, but imagine
1: a Taylor Swift Ed Sheeran duet Bond song with Tom Hiddleston as Bond.
0: <laughs> so are we about to and, hit um uh, another Styles, way to die 2. and Harry 0? Styles as the bad guy?
1: There we go. Now we've got like a Taylor Swift Bond movie.
0: <laughs> wow. This is you. You've just like created a monstrosity that I never <laughs> want to see in my entire life. You've yeah. already put the idea. In my head, and it it looks disgusting. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I wouldn't it's recommend pretty it. bad. Wouldn't All right, it. and on that note, let's move away from that uh, Taylor Swiftness and into some James Nortonness. So. <laughs> Uh, That was my best uh, attempt at a segue. That didn't really work out. But maybe we'll get better (laughs) as it goes along. So actor James Norton has overtaken Tom Hardy as the most favored to assume the role of 007, apparently after Daniel Craig, with bookies upping his odds to 5-2 to after his role in McMarfia. Very interesting name for a a show, a movie, or whatever. I've never heard of it. I think it's a show, yeah. It probably is. I know he was in War and Peace, right? Yes, he was, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I know him from, Mm -hmm. and I think that's about it. But anyways, on the Bond rumors, Norton said the following. It's lovely, wonderful, and complimentary to be involved in that conversation, but it's just a rumor mill, and that's as far as it goes. I did mention at the time that those scenes would possibly contribute to the Bond rumors, but McMarfia is its own beast. I hope Daniel Craig does five more movies and can keep the the rumors on himself I'm a big fan of his and selfishly I'd like him to carry on lovely little uh, shout out there to Daniel Craig I'd love to yeah. see him do five more movies as well honestly not yeah. gonna happen but it, you know it'd be a nice, nice thing to say uh, Brody <laughs> let's get your thoughts on this topic uh, thoughts on James Norton um, playing 007 and then also on uh, his comments here
1: um I'll start with the comments because they're, they're pretty brief uh very yeah. very nice I mean he there was what else was he gonna say honestly right um, right 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 and interesting that I guess McMafia has sequences that are Bond-esque that have led people to sort of think one yeah way it,
0: it is uh very interesting yeah it's me
1: intrigued to sort of check that out um and very nice, very like respectful of, of Daniel Craig and of, of the absolutely, role. Absolutely. Sounds like he has like reverence for the role, which is cool. Um, right. I know you feel differently, but I think he looks a lot like Daniel Craig. So I actually kind of like him being...
0: <sighs> Yeah, like, I think I, I think, think it'd be he like, looks like a uh, a cross between Jeffrey Rush and very much John Cena. I don't see John Cena at all. I honestly don't. I see, see a it. lot of John Cena.
1: Oh my god, I see. Yeah, I see Daniel Craig, Gen- Jeffrey Rush, and um, who else did I say before when we we're talking? about I can't this? remember the guy you said, but um, yeah, you said someone else. Oh yeah, Eddie Redmayne. There's a little oh, Eddie Redmayne. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like something about the mouth is very Eddie Redmayne, but um sorry james norton we're just sort of discussing your face but um no i think he looks a lot like he has a, he, he looks like daniel craig so if, if someone was co- to continue this is, this is the interesting thing about like continuing for daniel craig there's been such an emphasis on continuity that yeah if they replace him without without doing a, a, a soft reboot um Which I feel would be an odd thing. I feel like if they reboot, it would be it's kind of an awkward thing because we just spent sorry, we just spent basically Daniel Craig's entire tenure delving into the why of Bond and the. Well, that's what makes his
0: tenure so special, you know. If they were to reboot it after Craig and have it be its own thing, it would be very much in Bond tradition.
1: I know, but I mean, well, Bond tradition is kind of like a soft, not even uh, Bond tradition is kind of like no continuity whatsoever. So exactly,
0: that's what I'm saying. Like, if they if they just, I get maybe I didn't say it in the best way, but if they you know cast someone else as James Bond and the next movie is a Bond film. Um, but it really like has no reference to the past films or like like anything and it's just like its own beast. It is just like, well, here's another James Bond film. I feel I feel like people aren't gonna be like, well, wow, what are you just discarding everything that happened in the previous film? People n- know and understand Bond enough for them to be like, okay, so the Craig films are kind of like their own. Thing they'll they'll live in the the continuity that they live in. So this will be going kind of back to Bond tradition. There is no continuity. James Bond's on a new adventure. Let's dive I in. Yes, I don't
1: know. I I, I I won't presume to know what people will think, but I I think it's almost like we we spend so much time setting up, like getting Daniel Craig to that classic Bond stage. That almost they like naturally the next ones are going to be sort of more classic, but. How do you use elements like Spectre? I feel like when you use when you when you start bringing in those elements, it starts to become a little more like. Do we acknowledge that Bond has encountered Blofeld and Spectre before, or sure,
0: sure.
1: like stuff like that? So I feel like in that scenario, I wouldn't mind if if like a soft reboot. I wouldn't mind if it's like all the stuff that happened in the Craig films happened to this Bond, but in different ways, or maybe like a different. It's slightly different, but still kind of the same. Um, sure. Sure. Because, like, I, I, I almost like that being, like, the definitive... I like Daniel Craig's films being, like, like kind of, like, that, that touchstone, that definitive Bond origin story. Um, in the same way that, like, things in uh, the original series... The original series,
0: makes it sound... Um, the original Yeah, but <laughs> What are, are we like, talking about, Star Trek here? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> things like, um, like, Tracy Bond's death and stuff like that, that those, yeah. those are all, like, sort of... Carry on regardless of the continuity, yeah, um, for sure. I kind of yeah. like the idea of Vespa and all that being something that carries on.
0: Well, sure, I, I'm not saying you can't have elements that carry on, you know, like like yeah, you said, but reboot, it's yeah. just like so. I guess, I guess if they were to have a new bond, it would kind of just be like a soft reboot or something. That's what like I'm that. thinking too. And so, like, yeah, that, in, that, in that seems case, like the logical way to go,
1: yeah. In that case, I think having an actor who looks a bit like Daniel Craig would be kind of cool like he's like it's kind of the same guy but not really the same guy you know what I mean like yeah I I don't know maybe yeah I think that'd be kind of cool considering there's been such an emphasis on continuity so far but I understand if they don't and in any case I think Daniel Craig has sort of changed what people think of as when they think of a a bond so I think he has a, a nice mix of sort of a classic bond aesthetic and also looks a bit like Daniel Craig in that
0: sense I see, i don't I don't really see James Bond when I look at him, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm that's not taking away for it's not to take anything away from his acting abilities um or like his appearance or anything. It's just like I don't personally see James Bond when I look at him. Granted, I have not seen mcmarfia. um, i have I have no idea what those scenes in that show or or the movie or whatever the hell it is. Um, I have no idea what those scenes do for him as, as far as, like, people saying oh wow he really emulates James Bond like I, I have no idea I haven't seen it but mm-hmm. just kind of going off of the knowledge that I have I he I I don't know I mean there are worse choices and there are certainly better choices I just personally don't think that he would be anywhere in my like top 10 actors that huh. I would pick to, to play James Bond I'd pick him
1: above I mean he's probably not my top pick but I'd pick him above Tom Hardy for sure no, no way. No Absolutely. Way. No Tom way. Hardy's I want of, my
0: Tom Hardy. Come on, man. I mean, we're
1: talking about people who look like Bond. Tom Hardy doesn't really look like Bond. He, yeah, like, but any, he only looks like matter. Bond because It doesn't matter. He only, only kind of looks like Bond because we've accepted that rougher guys like Daniel Craig can be Bond now. I don't know. Well,
0: maybe. He also looks pretty suave in uh, – did you see Legend?
1: Yeah, I did. I don't know if – I, 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 Tom Hardy would be fine I wouldn't be mad he would clean Hardy. up
0: if he has to he'd
1: just be like a, it's just his like his general physicality the way he talks it's just which he's, he's a damn fine actor but um I don't know I just don't see it but as much as I don't see it as much as other people do so sure, sure. he's a little too he'd be taking the wrong lessons from Daniel Craig's tenure I think um, eh, maybe maybe mm.
0: But anyway, um, not about Tom Hardy. Anyways, <laughs> it's just kind of a nice little uh, rumor thing here. James Norton says some great things about Daniel Craig, which is, it's nice to see that, um, you know, he's had an impact on younger actors in the business and, and like people are like, love Daniel Craig, love his work, love what he's done with the character, how he's like kind of like really come into his own and stuff like that. I mean, he doesn't say that, but you can you can feel, you know, his reverence for him and how he's had an impact on, uh, James Bond for James Orton and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's a nice little, uh, nice little rumor there. So anyways, yeah. moving on to our next story. Now, usually I go through all the stories <clears> here, but this one speaks to Brody. I think that this story in particular, um, oh. this little, <laughs> this little thingy here really speaks to you. Am I wrong? Um
1: in so much that I when I did my solo episode I had to talk about this and walk on eggshells in that sense yeah <laughs> that I have like, you, wanna,
0: you ready to walk I on
1: some eggshells have, again <laughs> yeah and then I have PTSD over like this particular topic um, then yes it does speak to me in that
0: sense <laughs> <laughs> okay, well let's uh us oh, dive into it then. Lord shall I'm we? Do you want to I'll, I'll let you take the lead on this oh, story. Oh no,
1: don't do that. Don't oh, do that. I'm doing
0: it. It's happening. So, okay, we got we have
1: two stories here essentially. Um but they I kind of categorized them together when I was doing the notes just because they're related in a lot of ways, and you'll see what I mean. Um yeah, yeah. So, essentially these two stories have to do with the prospect of a female James Bond. Um, and we have two accounts. We have a comment from Theresa May, the uh, current Prime Minister of the um, of Britain, and uh, Christoph Waltz, who is Christoph Waltz, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> famous. Uh, Austrian actor played Blofeld <laughs> if you haven't seen Spectre <laughs> is, and are watching yeah. this for some reason. In case reason. you don't
0: know who, who Christoph Waltz is, famous Austrian actor. He was in <laughs> Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained, played Blofeld. Yeah, little things. Um, The little indie actor. But anyway,
1: yeah, so... um, Little indie actor. First of all, we have Theresa May. And Theresa May, uh, while speaking to journalists on her um, RAF Voyager, I don't know what that is, uh, Royal Air Force Voyager, I guess... Um, But anyway, uh, she offered her thoughts on the 13th Doctor of BBC's long-running series Doctor Who being played by a woman, which has been recently sort of revealed uh, this year and has kind of been a point of discussion within the the nerd community, I guess, whatever you want to call it, Um, the wider general culture, I guess. But um, the conversation that she had kind of starts off about Doctor Who, but it quickly turns to james bond so in her comments she said i think it's a great move for uh, for girl power that there's going to be a female doctor who which just a funny little aside if she really watched doctor who she would know that it's not the character's name but anyway um yeah not that i, I yeah. don't even watch it though that's the thing i don't even watch it when i know that which is anyway that's just kind of funny but um it's yeah yeah because in that interview she was talking about how like oh I love watching Doctor Who at Christmas time and it's like that do you though (laughs) Um, (laughs) but anyway um, she said uh, (laughs) and one day there should be a female James Bond which is why we're talking about this Um, right uh, when asked who she thinks should play or should, should replace Daniel Craig she goes uh, I don't know who's being lined up. I read the other day that James Norton is being talked about as a possible James Bond. I think he did an interview and he said something that he'd like to—he quite like to do it. Um, when asked if Norton was her favorite for, uh, for the part, she replied, That's a leading question. I don't know who the other candidates might be. So, <laughs> nice little like, segue. Yeah. Um, oh dear should we, should we discuss
0: Theresa May and her oddly political statement yeah before before we move on to Christoph <laughs> Waltz we'll just we'll uh we'll, we'll stop here we'll, we'll talk about Theresa May um it's very interesting comments um very very like very politician-esque she, Oh my god, it's very politician Because she's like, oh, you know One day there will be a female James Bond Okay, so who do you want to play James Bond? You know, I read James Norton would be a great choice Didn't you just say you wanted a female James Bond to play the role? No, you you know, he he might be I don't know the candidate It's just like, (laughs) you know, it's a typical Like it's just like just speak your mind people just say what you want to say don't be like appeasing people for the sake of appeasing people it's chances a, are, a lot of people are probably thinking the same thing as you unless you're just a terrible human being yeah it's um, such a
1: weird thing that like she played both sides of the argument over James Bond it's such a weird thing that like it was a
0: really this whole interview this this thing is very awkward it's very just weird mm-hmm. you know yeah, no, I totally agree. I think,
1: um, I mean, yeah, she sort of commits to the idea and then immediately is like, oh, I heard something else and I'm not going to say. And it's like, they clearly asked you who you wanted to play James Bond because you mentioned a female James Bond. And right. They, they, it's not like they female. were like,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not like they were genuinely curious as to what actor you wanted. It's because you said that you wanted to see a female play James Bond that... Um, they want to know. Oh, who would be your choice? Charlize Theron? Is that who you want? Like, you know, stuff like that. Mm. It's it's just like, give your honest answer. I don't know. It's like I that that's really all I have to say on it. Other than it, it was just a very awkward kind of interview um, but it does raise the question you know should there be a female James Bond and yeah. I know we have some thoughts on this but before we give our thoughts I think Christoph Waltz makes a few statements yes. regarding S- that guest. so special guest probably, Christoph Waltz
1: um yeah close personal friend of the show um yes. he's, man, he doing, was asked Chris? for his thoughts on a female James Bond while promoting his latest film Downsizing um Waltz told Mr. Porter which is like a publication yeah, um, yeah. Not, a, not a person um <laughs> despite what the name sounds <laughs> there, like <laughs> there was
0: not actually a mr porter <laughs> it is a publication
1: yeah and so anyway he said um when he was asked about a female bond he goes he said why because oriana Falisi, who is a uh, italian uh, feminist writer I, I guess said so come on uh have your own movie if you want why does it have to be james bond why, what would her name be? Jemima? My answer oh my is decidedly God. not. <laughs> um, so, Christoph Waltz took a very hard stand on this. He took, a, you know, he took
0: a stand, but as opposed to what we just heard, it sounded like it was his honest-to-God opinion on That's it. True. He gave his honest opinion. No, I, I totally
1: agree. I think it, it, the fact that it was completely unfiltered um, is very odd. He's going to take heat for this.
0: Absolutely. He probably will But you know what I, I feel that there is Some validity to what he's saying And we were talking about this Before the show yes. yeah. um, Isn't it kind of like Degrading in a way For a character Who has always been Portrayed as male To just say Oh well The best way for progress Is to have a female Play a character Traditionally played by a man Instead, what they should do, you know, if, if instead of doing all of that, they should have a a female character, whether it's a double O agent or her own franchise or something like that, and build her up to be her own thing. That way she is very much like a, a female uh, a hero. It's not she, she's not bogged down by the um, the history of um, the traditional male playing the role or something yeah. like that. You know, there's. There's a lot of, um, I, I don't know, you, you you said it best. I can't remember what you were saying before the show, but... um, um, I mean, I kind of remember the exact things I was
1: saying, but we were talking about that, like, being degrading. I think my thought on the matter is similar um, to what you were just saying in that I think it is a little offensive. I think it's a little offensive, not to men, not to uh, James Bond no. as a character. It's, I think it's offensive to women to say... Oh well, the only way to make women a legitimate and viable action star is to assume a male role. Yes, and, exactly. And that's that's how I feel yeah. about um a uh, like changing James Bond's race as well. I feel like it's a little offensive to say. Well, the only way people will accept a black action hero is if he assumes a typically white action role. You know what I mean? It's like, no. Right. Let, that's, let a character yes, have his exactly own, what, yeah. Let a black character have his own history. Let a woman
0: character have their own history. I think... I mean, look at... um. We've l- seen, l- l- oh, yeah. L- I was just going to say, l- look at Luther. You know, speaking of yeah. Idris Elba because he's always br- brought up in terms of like um being James Bond and stuff like that. Yeah. Luther, um, he's... You know, uh, Idris Elba is Luther. He is the character. And the show is incredibly successful. People love it. People love the character. So it's not like... It can't be done, you know. Like, yeah, like they are capable of having their own, like, of leading their own franchises, you know. Yeah. And I feel like it but almost means they'd, more to oh, these yeah. groups of people for um the the person to be leading it, to be uh, for for it to be like their their own thing, you know, something that they can be proud of, not like necessarily something that's was established and is now transformed into something else. I I don't know, but. No no I totally agree. I th- I think um
1: it's interesting because you're taking like imagine Luther could have easily been a Sherlock Holmes show right it's very yeah. it's one of the, it's one of those detective shows that the like there's so many detective shows that take notes from Sherlock Holmes and it's one right. of them and it's interesting to me because I feel like that show would have been unnecessary. It's a great show. It's well written. It's exciting, but if they if they had just instead of calling it Luther, they had slapped Sherlock Holmes' name on it, I feel like mm-hmm. there would have been such an unnecessary backlash to it because it was unnecessarily sort right. of cribbing right. that 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 um. That but that brand essentially and why put that why put that burden on the show like luther is a great show on its own merits why does it need to borrow Sherlock Holmes' name why exactly and it's like idris elbert is a great um and again i know there are gonna be plenty of counter arguments to this and i um and I accept that there's no way I can ever. There's no way I'm going to convince certain people who think a certain way. No, um, I mean
0: it's just it's just a different way of looking at things. But for like, for sure. Idris Elber
1: is a great, um, a great actor, and he does he's a great action actor. To, um, on top of that, and as he would be, yes, if, if if in a world where James Bond is 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 not, you know, who he is. He would make a. He has all the the traits to make a decent James Bond, but no one's
0: ever going to give it a chance. It's not like I'm saying that like these things can't be tampered with. Sure, you can. You can take risks. You can do such and such things. But I feel like the, you know, like with the female Ghostbusters or like the female Oceans thing. Yes. Why does it need to have Oceans Eight attached to it? You know what I'm saying? Why can't it just be its own thing? And and people can look at it and be like, oh, so they're essentially doing like the the. Like a kind of like a, a female version of the oceans movies, but it's its own thing. You know what's what's the problem with properties having their own identity anymore? Everything has to be based on something, and I feel like for these groups that you know want to be recognized, it be it, it, yeah. like this is what I was getting to earlier. It means more to them if they're. Um, if the uh, the properties are original because it's like okay we've got our thing now now let's really push for this and let's make it into the next great franchise you know i agree i agree and it,
1: it, it taps on many problems going on in hollywood including right, the right. sort of the the, the, de- the dependency on ips to um like establish ips to really uh yeah for market success i guess um yeah i think it's it's kind of a shame because I, I know the counter argument to what i just said before what we've been saying is that well yeah there's gonna be backlash but that's the the, the backlash is the reason we need this because we need to sort of sure, um, sure. push pave the way for progress and push a like, push back against the bigotry yeah and so. and I, I, yeah I, I, that, I, I totally understand I that i, totally understand that. I think it's not it's not so much that i think oh we shouldn't do a a female James Bond because there'll be backlash and it's just not worth the trouble. Um, no, no, that's not that's not why I'm it's saying not why I'm, this. Yeah, too. I I think I well where I'm coming from, where I think you're coming from too, is it's I think in order to create a world in which that backlash isn't even a thing anymore is to sort of just forge your own path and create your own properties. I think sure. like things like. Um like I'm thinking think of the like Hunger games as an example of like a, a, of a, a, an original idea I mean it came from a book but the book was written like right but the book right yeah before sure. that yeah. um it was like it was an original character that uh Susan Collins created and she's a it's her own thing and then she just sort of blew up it's not like people weren't like Candace Everdeen is quite um has been quite a... influential character considering the it was she was only just created like maybe a decade ago yeah sure people know who she is um which is and it means a
0: lot to young girls who are like you know growing up with this figure and um, it's not like that it, it that isn't you know isn't based off of something that used to be a man or used to be whatever it's she is an original female St- a, a strong female character yeah. that a strong female character mm-hmm. that
1: has faults of her own and she's not yes. like she's not just a perfect person and i think yeah. um like any like like things that we take advantage of take t- take for granted i i guess i should say um with male action stars like we've gone to the point where we can have complicated not idealistic male action stars, but for women, it's like they either have to be perfect and strong, or they're weak. And I think Katniss finds that nice balance of being right strong, right. but also flawed and complicated. Um,
0: well, we were talking is, about this too. You know, you bring up uh, the Hunger Games of Katniss. Atomic Blonde yeah. It's basically like a, a female version of John Wick, only mm-hmm. uh, a little bit more um, espionage. I will say it, yes. it has more yeah. spy elements to it than than a John Wick film. It, actually, I would go as far as to say it's a it's like a harder version of like a of like a James Bond film, I and agree, people yeah. really dug it. People yeah. dug it because it was an original IP. Um, and was able to be its own thing, was able to incorporate the own styles, um, was able to incorporate the, uh, the strong, the strongness and the sexuality of the main character, who is very much a woman, um, you know what I'm saying, like, she, she is woman in, not only, like, um, the fact that she is but like in in the way that the character is written you know what I'm saying like they didn't have yeah. to like it's not like this was written as a man and then like oh Charlize Theron actually might be a better role like it was you know what I'm getting at here yeah um, and I think
1: coming back to Bond um, since we like We've strayed a bit from that. Um, We 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 have... No, but... but Just just kind of put a cap
0: on the... The the Atomic Blonde thing. It's like... Oh, yeah. It's not that... Like, people will go watch that stuff. I don't think there's a question of people not wanting to go out to it. Because Atomic Blonde got great reviews, got great praise. Um, Mm -hmm. Charlize Theron was... uh, you know, one of the best parts about that movie, it's just I feel like it works better as its own thing, not necessarily as it's not weighed down by a ton of baggage. And right,
1: exactly, which it, which allows it to be its own thing. Which in ter- like by not weighing down the movie with all this controversy over being a female James Bond, it was able to deliver on its deliver on its promises without the burden of expectation or of um people just being overly critical it was thing. and that in, by having more movies like that by having more female characters action characters like that it's going to create a world where one day we're not even going to think twice about it we're going to have so many female action like, characters that it's going to be like oh yeah that's a thing like I don't know it just it's and it's, going back to Bond I think on top of the fact that you mentioned you reminded me when you mentioned that um, Charlie Stern on I can't remember her name, to be honest. It was just kind of
0: the character. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember her name either. in The movie's been a while since I've
1: it. seen it. It almost undermines the argument a little bit, but um, but her character in that movie was, like you said, distinctly feminine. Yeah. Without, without yeah. being like, um, in, in, in an earnest way, in, a, in an honest way, in a in a, in a um, in an empowering way. Yes. Um, yes. With James Bond, James Bond is. Like, everyone talks about how, oh, we can just gender switch these characters. So it doesn't really mean anything. James, Bond, really. is just, James Bond is such a, a... More so than a lot of characters, is very much a distinctly masculine archetype. Right, um, right. And he originally started off as, like, a very masculine power fantasy. And as time has gone on, he's almost become a critique on masculinity in a lot uh-huh. of ways. Like, in especially Daniel Craig's tenure, there's been a lot of sort of critiques on 007's behavior. Even, like, if you have things in, like, GoldenEye, when they, when when M, like, Judi Dench as M for the first time, a female M, which is a character that wasn't really masculine in any way. It was, right, just, it was just right. a, An ancillary character. Um, berates Bond for his misogyny. Like, and I think if you want to have a discussion about going... I mentioned this last time I talked about it. If you want to have a discussion about James Bond and his relationship with women and what this franchise's sort of relationship with women is, I think it's better to address that within the character that exists rather than just sort of putting a new wallpaper on him and saying, no, it's a woman now, so all of the yeah, sort of exactly, sexist stuff we've exactly. done in the past is okay because um, we've, we've moved on from it. I think... Yeah. It's 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 far more interesting and it's almost it's it's far more satisfying thematically to have internally reflect have the character internally reflect on his behavior rather than just sort of have the franchise sort of put a put up wallpaper and pretend it's all right, good now and right, it's progressive right. now um, and that's
0: basically what I I feel they would they would be doing if they made yeah. uh, James Bond a woman you know
1: for sure and I think um, the, the, the the intention is noble. But I think it it would undermine um, a lot of the distinctly not all positive. And that's the thing: not all the, not all the positive, not all the masculine traits James Bond possesses are positive, and they're not all depict. No, depicted actually, as most of them positive. are are
0: not positive. He's not a very
1: he's not a very positive role model in general. No, he's not alcoholic. at all. Yeah, yeah. He's a yeah. misogynist. He's a kind of a little bit like just bigoted in general. So, um, I think. It's far more effective if the franchise wants to. If the if the franchise wants to appeal to those feminist critiques of James Bond, it's far more effective to do it in a narrative way than it is to just replace James Bond with a woman and call yeah. it a day. And yeah. then, yeah. um, again, like I, I just yeah, like what Christopher said. I think just create a new character. You you, you have no ba- uh, no baggage to deal with. You have no. Um, you just have an opportunity to create something that is distinctly feminine, and distinctly um, it, it, she can be flawed in the same ways that James Bond is flawed uh, as a man, as a woman. You know what I mean? Like it's just, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't know. It, it it just feels like it's missing the mark It misses the point of James Bond in a lot of ways. At least what he's become. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I don't know. It just it just feels odd it feels like no it's a i, I get what you're coming at and i'm yeah.
0: i'm coming from the same place i probably haven't mm-hmm. articulated myself as well as you are simply because it's just rattling out the right words in. anyways yeah, um
1: I'm, i probably haven't articulated myself in the right way either i'm probably gonna get
0: <laughs> <death> threats <laughs> don't you just um, love covering these topics oh my god yeah like so great me very at. juicy <laughs> yeah i know well let's let's move away from this one i think we've uh kind of talk about this one a lot um if you have thoughts on it let us know especially in the in the comment section below Uh, and and um we'd love to hear all your opinions on it are we insane for feeling this way Mm and we know there's people who feel differently and we're not saying that you're wrong we're just saying this is how we look at it and i'm sure you'll give us reasons as to why you look at it so it's just an it's an interesting conversation to have for sure. So uh, moving on to our, yes. Yeah. Moving on to our final uh, conversation, (laughs) final news topic of the day. Um, It has to deal with Barbara Broccoli and uh, when we can expect some major, you know, bond announcements or news in the coming year. So Mm -hmm. speaking with the Hollywood reporters awards chatter podcast via the spy command, Barbara Broccoli confirmed that major decisions regarding bond 25 will not be made in, ...until early 2018, adding that the film's director and title are, quote, still to be determined, which I believe we brought up in an earlier episode. Uh, We did mention that she was saying that we would expect some... Um, decisions to be made in early 2018. So that's really that that doesn't come as a, as a surprise. Yeah. But um, but she also confirmed that the script for Bond 25 is very much still in development under veteran Bond scribes Neil Purvis and Robert Wade, saying the following: They're busy working away trying to come up with something fantastic, which I do believe. Um, hopefully it is very much <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> that's hard. Um. <laughs> So then uh, with regards to the ongoing rumors surrounding the distribution of the Bond film, Barbara Rockley said the following, it's exciting to be courted, we'll hopefully be making the decision earlier next year, which and in line with everything that we have been saying in regards to not not only this topic but on on I believe uh the the past episode even right the, the last episode we said Barbara Broccoli was saying um that we would expect bond bond announcements in uh 2018 early 2018 <laughs> Yeah, I think that was last episode actually. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. that was more of like a um, people was saying on her behalf. But this is like directly from her. This, so yeah, just, this is coming from the horse's kind of, mouth,
0: so to speak. So, um uh, Brody, let's get your thoughts on this final topic here.
1: Um. Yeah, like, uh, what we were saying, it's un- it's not unexpected. Um, it is interesting because we've been saying this for the longest time. We haven't got any confirmation right. on this. It is interesting that they are still writing the writing the movie. Because uh, yeah, we said like, we were
0: kind of speculating that they might be done by the end of the year with like an initial draft or something.
1: Maybe, but I know I know earlier on in the year we were talking about how like everyone was speculating about what the movie is going to be about. Right. these Pitches and we're like they don't have a script yet. I guarantee it. Yeah. Th- no. No. Know, no that so, you're right.
0: You're right. I was. I was uh, remembering it wrong. We at first we were like, yeah. okay, they're probably going to have something done by the end of the year. Like yada yada. And then some some like um, uh, developments came in with the story, and then we were like, oh they. Probably just don't have a, a story fleshed yeah, out quite, and, which yeah. is
1: fine, I guess, because like, the movie's two years away. So yeah, honestly, take um, your time.
0: Exactly, yeah. yeah.
1: And so I, I, this is good that they're taking their time. It's it's reassuring. Um, it's interesting that um, the distribution because we thought the distribution thing was like sort of done and dusted. Um, it seems that, that she's being a bit tight lipped about it and saying that they, they haven't fully, fully finished the distribution decision yet which um, is very interesting considering all of the, the the acquisitions that have gone on with like Disney and Fox. Right, and right. We like, were talking about
0: Annapurna and how they looked like they were going to get the Bond rights. And they might still get, I think they might be just domestic. Um, yeah. But
1: it is interesting considering like all the the power moves going on. Bond is one of the only like big billion dollar franchises that hasn't really been claimed. So... Yep. This yep. is kind of a big deal, and so I can definitely see why they're being courted. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where, where this ends up. This could be a big deal. Um, it, well, a it's a massive deal. deal. I mean, yeah. a
0: lot of things depend on this distribution. We don't. I don't. Mm-hmm. Not. Not. I'm not saying that Disney will be involved in any ways, but I'm just saying like we don't want Disney getting their hands on 7 O Seven. Let's just yeah, put it that oh, way. Good
1: lord, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, I, I I agree with you. Uh, like like I said, we. A lot of this stuff we kind of assumed we had mentioned on previous yeah. episodes, but it's just finally nice to get like confirmation. Yeah, decisions are still being made. Um, you'll probably get something in in, in early 2018. Purvis and Wade still writing the script, much like we uh, uh, speculated mm-hmm. after the developments occurred. So, um, a nice little uh, end of the year uh, update there from Babs. So uh, with Babs. that. That uh, that's about done. That, that about does it for uh this segment. Uh, this t- tomorrow never lies segment. Let us know your thoughts and opinions on any of the comments we discussed in the comments section. Comments we discussed. Any of the topics we discussed in the comments <laughs> section below. I think this might be the last tomorrow never lies of the year. Am I correct?
1: I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, we're pretty much close to the end of the year now. We've got like what seven more days. Yeah. Se- yeah. It's eight.
0: crazy. Crazy oh my God. stuff. Although it hasn't been a full calendar year for the show, that will come uh, September or August, I believe, of next Something year.
1: Something like but that. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I know.
0: Crazy stuff. But anyways, uh, that, that'll do it for Tomorrow Never Lies. Moving on here. Uh, so usually how we do this show, we move on to Q Branch. We talk about like little nuggets of information that pertain to Bond, but don't pertain to the the tentpole films and stuff like that. Um, and then we do you know, Brother from Langley, talk about other spy stuff, and then we talk about... Um, uh, some some discussion topic Yeah. Well all that stuff you just knew all, all, Or if you just learned about it All, all that stuff you know is being thrown out The window because <laughs> this is a special episode This is a Christmas special um, And so we're going to be doing A little bit of end of year stuff A little bit of um, um, Bond Christmas here if you will So we're going to start this thing off By uh, talking about some of our Favorite stories of the year That we have covered on the show Um, just, just to kind of like do a recap of what we've done so far on the words are not enough. uh, Some of the topics we've discussed and whatnot, and we'll give you our, our, our thoughts on what we happen to think are our personal favorites. And then from there, we're going to be going into what we think are the best snow action sequences slash set pieces in the bond series. Bond has spent quite a bit of time on the, uh, the mountains, whether it be skiing, um, you know, flying a plane as we <laughs> saw in <laughs> Spectre, uh, the 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 car on the ice in um uh, what do you call it uh, Living, oh, Daylights. Living Daylights? Yep. Uh, and well, I guess you could also uh, use uh, Die Another Day for that. <laughs> yeah, well. you could. Yeah, you could. Oh my gosh. Um, so any any really wintry snow action sequence we're gonna discuss there, and then to finish out the show, what better than to have some little Honor Majesty Secret Service appreciation? We're just gonna talk about why we love that film so much it's not going to be a full on discussion we'll save that for a later date but just kind of like uh, it is the it it is the (laughs) James Bond fans Christmas film so might as well touch on it a little bit Given yeah. uh, the the holiday season, so that's how the rest of the show is going to work. And uh, Brody, I'm going to let you start this one off because I always do, and uh, because it just feels natural <laughs> since I've been talking so long now. Brody, right what ahead. are some of your uh, your favorite stories we've covered this year uh, oh, in the man. James Bond world?
1: Um, the endless, the endless Geneva New rumor mill. Oh is my god, <laughs> kind of funny, just because it amounted to nothing. Um, it was, yeah, it really did. That was, yeah. that was kind of amusing in retrospect um, right, it right. just drove us insane that how like every week there was something new and then suddenly not not doing it, like
0: it's like <laughs> so not. not was, well, maybe he. Well, maybe he's not. Well, no, no, he <laughs> is. He is.
1: <laughs> In a similar vein, I really liked the um the Roger Moore David Bowie story.
0: Oh yes, thank you for bringing that one up. That yeah. was brilliant. That was yeah.
1: a real funny story. Nice that and was anecdote. well, it
0: it was it was funny because it's not like it was a news story. It wasn't really development. It was like yeah. Well, here's an account that there was here's like an encounter <laughs> that happened between Roger Moore and David David Bowie, and it kind of goes down the way you would think i guess you know
1: yeah it's just such a delightful weird story that was kind of yeah, fun yeah yeah uh, to talk about i also really like talking about um i guess in a more um like concrete sense yeah um the uh the sto- like, in terms of like what i would like to see i really liked the monica bellucci story that's my favorite story
0: that I love Yeah, liked. you re- you really latched on to that one. I really uh, love that. And that. it was nice. I well, and I think we had a nice discussion regarding mm-hmm. you know Bond girls in that that segment given her age and, and and stuff like that. Um Yeah,
1: and I think like um and so yeah, in terms of stories we've seen this year of all the rumors we've seen for like potential Bond things that could happen in Bond 25, um I love that. And I really want that to be true more than anything else we've seen. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. uh, I mean, that or maybe like Christopher Nolan, I really want that to be true too. So, well, um, yeah,
0: that's a perfect segue into my favorite stories. There <laughs> you go. <laughs> um, I really, any, any time that Christopher Nolan was brought up, uh, in, in regards to potential director to, to helm bond 25, mm-hmm. I was all on board. Uh, in case you don't know, Christopher Nolan is my favorite director, um, huge uh, inspiration just for some of my creative endeavors and such and I, I don't know it's just really no one makes a film quite like Christopher Nolan does and given his reverence for the franchise mm-hmm. um, and how it, you've seen it emulated in, in stuff like the Dark Knight Rises that beginning uh airplane hijacking sequence mm-hmm. it's just a no brainer the guy mm-hmm. needs to do a Bond film and so just kind of seeing it seeing that it's he is uh kind of coming to fruition that it will probably happen is very exciting for me will it be bond 25 who knows it very well may not be but i think that out of all of the rumors we've discussed you know christopher nolan is being courted he's being id's in discussions um it's very evident that he will do one in the near future and that's it's just inevitable. very exciting for I me. i agree yeah yeah yeah, I mean, I mean, really, that—that's the biggest takeaway from all the rumors. Is that the all of the discussions that he's had with uh, the people at Eon, the people, uh, um, uh, Barbara Broccoli, all of them. It shows that they want him. It's just a matter of when. And mm-hmm. scheduling naturally. Um, uh, the the other one that I really liked and I thought was pretty funny uh, had to do with um uh, James Bond going into space. The whole Elon Musk thing. Yes. I, was um, say,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I just found it to be really really funny, and I thought we had a nice discussion off of that. Um, oh my god! I, and then I, I, they, they, how it kind of also like spiraled into like Elon Musk may actually be involved in the movie. I was just kind of like, <laughs> what is going on? Oh, uh, it was um. It was crazy. I was say, the- this, oh, it was, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say that ties into like maybe
1: possibly my fav- my two favorite like... Um, this this, this, wasn't a, this won't apply to anyone except us because no one else sees our notes. But yeah. But of the notes headings that we've had, we always we like sort of put these little sensationalist headings to like every note. Oh, yeah. And my two favorite yeah. of the year were... Um, I can't remember the exact words, but it was like the, the, the Elon Musk one was like Daniel Craig loves the idea of Bond going into space. It's something like yeah. <laughs> it was like,
0: oh, it, no, my, I, I have it right here. It's Bond oh. 25 is getting galactic with Daniel Craig. <laughs> Daniel Craig loves, loves it. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious.
1: That one and also the. Um, Something to do with Money Penny being prohibited from having sex with Bond. Oh
0: yeah, that was the same show. That was episode, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. If you want to know about like everything we're talking about right now, go to episode seven of the words are not enough. We have a episode 07. What an episode! We have a wild discussion just about it. that. That's where the Monica Bellucci story is. That's where episode. um uh, the Christopher Nolan rumors are. That's where the uh, the James Bond getting galactic. I don't think the Money Penny one is there. The Money Penny one, I believe, was episode number eight, and that was that was ah. dealing with the fact that um. I, who was it who made uh, comments on that was it um someone someone made comments on it, on penny? the fact that James Bond was um uh, banned from having a, a romantic relationship with. Um, he was like.
1: He was like. Yeah. It was. um... <laughs> I just opened it up here. Yeah. It was um, an, an anonymous LA source, and the, the the title was Daniel Craig banned from fucking Money Penny <laughs> which is. It's funny that yeah. you said Daniel Craig is like Daniel Craig wants to have sex with the character, which is.
0: <laughs> oh, I know. It's just racy <laughs> the, titles um, here in
1: the uh, the episode seven. Since we're talking about these headings now, this gives you a little. A preview into like the the insanity that comes with these notes. Oh yeah, for um, sure, for sure. Daniel Craig wants Mon- Monica Bellucci, AKA, aka Milk City, <laughs> to return to, as Bond girl.
0: Oh good lord! Oh my gosh! These these uh these titles. What are, what are you gonna Our do? Uh, we like... also
1: whenever, whenever we send each other, whenever I send you the audio for the notes, I always yeah. come up with something ridiculous to say, um, which is quite quite fun. That no one. No one sees except us, but um, it's just nice little (laughs) secrets
0: there. Um, Going back to the 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 stories, though, the the I, I think one of the most fascinating. Uh, little tidbits that we we covered was the um the man with the golden gun manuscript because I you you oh, talked yeah. about a lot of stuff that was also on episode number eight. number seven and eight were juicy episodes those let me episodes. tell you um on episode eight I, we we talked about well you actually talked about a lot about um about Fleming it was a nice Fleming discussion and then talking mm-hmm. about you know his writing process how you know the man with the golden gun kind of shaped out and then just like those manuscripts were so so fascinating. Excuse me. <laughs> for, just emotional. for any any Bond <laughs> fan to to be honest, so if you if you haven't read those manuscripts, I would I would encourage you to go um go read them because it's very um very cool stuff there. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't even I'm think, trying of think that of that what is one of, one of my favorite
1: to talk about, honestly. I, I really like I love talking about Fleming. Um, obviously he's been dead for quite a while, so there's not a ton of news about him. Yeah. But every now and then when something comes up that's Fleming related, I just I can't resist getting right, into it, getting right, deep into it. So right. yeah, that was another like, good story. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. A, it was, it was cool. So, Oh, the, the, um, uh, the book covers, the, the new, um, oh, covers yeah. that was really cool. I mean, it wasn't like a big, a big thing, but, um, and then I, I think the last story that I really like, this is going all the way back to, uh, the beginning of September. This is episode two. Um, the whole James R- Bond writes, um, debacle, mm-hmm. um, the, we we first covered it back in episode two, the beginning of September. We were talking about, oh, is it going to be Apple? Is it going to be Amazon? Because they were really um, taking aim at, at, at Bond. We're like, we're going to get these rights. We're going to go for it. And we talked about the possibilities and, uh, you know, what it could mean if Bond, um, you know, ended up at at, at a company like Apple or Amazon. You know, it's all going to be like streaming stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a nice discussion that we had there but then also um, the the Annapurna one which I just I loved I love the idea of of Annapurna being the 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 studio that gets the bond rights because they're small they they I feel like they would let Eon do their thing let Bond be what it is and they wouldn't you know, push it in these insane directions that it doesn't need to push in. So that was kind of like a, it was a, it was a nice story to cover because I felt like it ended up in the right place. If it, if they are in fact going to go with uh, Annapurna.
1: I'd agree. Yeah. I think um, I really liked how, 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 yeah, just, like, I think what you were saying, I just, I agree. Very conclusive, which was nice. We don't get too much. We haven't so far gotten too much like conclusiveness um, with a lot of these stories just because they, a lot of them are rumors. So it was nice to get a story that was legitimate and then also led to a pretty nice outcome. Um, While we're talking about stories for the year, let's uh, pat ourselves on the back a little bit because we've been um, right on the cusp there with a couple of stories. Yeah, I have
0: to say, uh, you know, know, we are by no means legitimate. We don't have (laughs) any sources. We don't do – I think we just have good timing. We get really lucky because a lot of the stuff that we talk about – we dropped the episode and then later on that week it kind of blows up and it's just kind of crazy how we are a little ahead of the curve here you know i it's just it's 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 fun to see your predictions you know pan out into big stories um and to see the stuff that you talked about that you covered um actually come be be covered by like big big sites like the the hollywood reporter um Mm -hmm. you know variety stuff stuff like that it's kind of just cool to see you getting a little bit ahead of the curve there, so you know not not saying that we are you know yeah, pros at any, this by any means. I just we think we get pretty lucky. Story,
1: but we've been yeah, we've been pretty lucky with our timing, like, which has been fun. And if you've been listening, welcome to that. <laughs>
0: welcome to the uh welcome to the luck factor. The <laughs> we we are the words are not enough, and we are a legitimate James Bond source. There you that go. Is, uh, that is a lie. We're just fans who love <laughs> Bond and like talking about it. Hopefully, we can become a legitimate source in the in the future. But anyways, um, uh, Brody, do you have any yes. last minute uh, stories that you want to touch on that you uh, maybe forgot about? No, I think we've got a couple of stories
1: we didn't end up doing that I kind of liked, but um, mainly because they weren't even stories; they were just like um, they're so small, for, yeah, they're so small. But not even just that. I think um, this will give you another insight into how we sort of come up, how we sort of work on this show. Um, usually Griffin and I will talk for maybe <laughs> a couple of hours before at least either the day before or like before the show just yeah. to sort of like hash out what we want to discuss and we end up sometimes for the for the Shaken But Heard segment we will find like a like a an op-ed or something mm-hmm. about James Bond mm-hmm. that we either agree with or disagree with and we'll discuss talking about it um, and we end up having really interesting discussions but we end up not talking about it on the show because we don't think it's We either don't want to seem like we're calling someone out, or well,
0: I thought you did discuss that one though. There was one I did
1: discuss one. I did discuss one. It's only one we've done, but we which was which was interesting, even though it was by myself, so it wasn't really too much of a discussion. Um, But there was one we we were going to talk about, um, but it was it was so ridiculous that we didn't end up talking about it. Was which was (laughs) it was one about um, Nightfire which I thought was... Oh, yeah. That Fire, was... It, oh, yeah. They were talking about retooling the entire franchise to be like Nightfire, which is an amazing game you should play. Um, you should if you've never played it. Definitely yeah. worth a it. Worth but a this though. article was talking about like how the whole franchise is in dire straits and needs to be um, retooled yeah, it was a really, uh, in weird. accordance to Nightfire, the video game from 20 years ago, or fi- like 15 yeah. years ago or whatever. And... Which was a very odd. It was a very strange article. I mean, never ended up talking about it, but um, I think like that was one of my favorite things when we were just talking about it in private, which was quite funny for sure. But um, yeah, if you if you want to see us just like (laughs) tear apart op eds, we don't like yeah you know if there's terrible hot takes out there we'd be happy right to right
0: <laughs> if you want to hear us discuss really anything i mean you can feel free to like uh drop it in the comments section send mm-hmm. us an email or uh, something like that um but, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a nice uh, cap on the story, some of our favorite stories of the year. Um, yep. I look forward to to what the next year brings as far as Bond news, because I know we're going to get a lot of it. It's the year before the film comes out. Um, oh, yeah. So you can look for a lot of uh, Bond news, and you'll bet your ass that we're going to be covering it. So, yeah. Um, uh, stay on the lookout for that and uh, normally that would seem like the end of a show but we're only just getting started well kind oh, of oh yeah <laughs> we're 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 about halfway through so um the, the, the best thing to coming. do yeah the crest the christmas special you know, it's Christmas time. It's snowing. It may or may not be wherever you are. So I, I felt we felt that like you know one of the best things that we could do is talk about some of the best snow action sequences in the Bond franchise because there's a lot of them. You know, James Bond likes to spend uh, a decent amount of time out there in the uh, in the bitter cold. Um, he's a big fan of skiing. Big fan.
1: He, he is a big fan. He he loves his snow. He loves um, wallowing around in it. Um, yes. follicking, rather yes. with uh, his bride-to-be
0: all that stuff yes very (laughs) uh, yes very very sad very (laughs) very sad things but anyways um (laughs) so let's uh let's just kind of just you know free-form conversation just talk about some of our favorite um uh snow action sequences um uh, in the series, I'm gonna go first. I will actually go first oh, on wow, this one. I know this move. is crazy. It's absolutely crazy because I never go first on these. Breaking um, ground, it, it, very. <laughs> we're, we're breaking ground here. Um, you know, the the, the, the the typical you know response would be to go with the uh, the ski chases and majesties, and we'll get to those in a little bit. Yes, but yes. I want to give a quick shout out to um, uh, the White Knight, uh, the 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 plane sequence at the beginning uh-huh. of. Um, uh, Tomorrow never dies because I I think that that is one of my more one of my personal for, for me personally that is one of my favorite uh, intros to a a Bond oh film. easily
1: that that was one of my favorite opening scenes yeah in general it's amazing it just it has you yeah. on the
0: edge of your seat you're it doesn't really start with Bond you don't actually see him until like. I don't know like a couple of minutes into it like after we've gone back to M and and the rest of them in the control room and he gets um, a cool
1: little intro with like the cigarette and then like sucking the guy in the face.
0: Oh, that was brilliant. And then he punches the guy in the face, oh, in David Arnold's score. Um, mm-hmm. And then the yeah. whole sequence when he actually gets in the plane, he's like shooting up the whole thing and then he finally takes off. It's like, it's it's one of those sequences that just has you on the edge of your seat the whole time. And I think yeah. I have a little bit more um, reverence for this particular sequence because I played the PlayStation 1 Tomorrow Never Dies game <laughs> quite a bit. And that was one of my favorite levels in that game was uh, the, the hijacking of the plane, Taking the pictures of the uh, the missiles and and stuff like that, and then you know, eventually getting in the plane, shooting literally everything, taking off, and then going into the opening credits. It was um, it was a fun little sequence to play in the game, and then you yeah. know, finally when I got around to watching the movie, because I actually played the game before I watched the movie, Blastphemy. weirdly enough. <laughs> um, I was like, this is just as awesome as it was as I remembered when I was playing it in the game, and yeah. you know, while it's not really a snow action sequence I it, think it does is. take yeah. place in uh the winter in, in the uh eastern country. europe right i believe so yeah yeah it, it was just it was just, it was dude it was just such a badass sequence great think, yeah little o- opening for for pierce there in, a, in an otherwise like kind all, of oh, yeah, safe yeah movie
1: yeah that's true it is a very safe movie and there's a surprisingly bold way to open it which is right um,
0: it's it's yeah.
1: crazy I, I think it does what all good opening sequences do um, it, it it tells a self-contained story within whatever like the, 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 the 10 minutes that you've got oh the, yeah the right titles. right. like right. this whole story had it, had it had like a complete narrative arc of being not, not necessarily a whole story but you know it had a complete arc of being like it had like peaks and valleys in terms of like like, oh, Bond has to stop the missiles. Oh, no, now they've launched a rocket from the ship. Oh, yeah, like, there's escalating yeah. stakes. And then, like, Bond, oh, he's taken off. He's saved the day. He's got the rockets. Oh, no, there's an assassin in the t- cockpit. He's like, yeah, it's like, it yeah. just kept ramping it up in like I in know, a way, it's just a good every, action. Every should. turn.
0: Well, and then yeah. you see the, uh, the um, uh, MI6, they launch the missile at him, and he's got to, like, get out of there before the whole base blows up. And I'm like, yeah, oh, my God,
1: how is he going to get out now? Like, it's, it's just so incredible. And then on top of that, it, it also sets up... um uh the um the what do you call the, the naval dakota and uh, oh uh, yes Henry yes Gupta. so it yeah. sets up like plot elements from the film while also being its own little thing which, well, is, which is is kind of effective. a staple of
0: bond films now they kind of have little nuggets of stuff that pop up uh yeah. later on in the films
1: but in terms of like like it's like for example like in contrast with like um I'm trying to think of a, an example of a bad opening credits. But there aren't like too many bad ones. There really but, um, aren't too
0: many. Th- that is one thing I will say for Bond is usually the opening action sequence or, s- sequences are uh, pretty they're always, thrilling.
1: They're always excellent. Um, but I'm, I'm yeah. like, in terms of like um, whereas okay with with Spectre, which is a great opening title sequence, but with, with Spectre's opening credit sequence, the entire plot is sort of the the entire action scene is directly tied to what will be a major. Well, you part of the say plot. the same
0: thing about um, uh, Quantum of Solace. That <gasps> you is. Could say that- Directly. Yeah, Coruscant's exactly
1: the same. Yeah. Um, even Skyfall to an extent, exactly the same. Um, whereas with this one, this one was completely standalone. It just had an... It set up... An, but while also setting up an element. Yeah. Whereas yeah. some of the older ones, like the one in Moonraker... Oh, actually Moonraker is a bad example. I don't know why I jumped to Moonraker. Because that has the hijacking. Because you love Moonraker.
0: You just love well, it. You can't help but talk about it.
1: They had the hijacking of the of the shuttle. I'm pretty sure that was part of the pre-title sequence. So, right. So... Um, what's that pre-title sequence? I can't even remember. Um... I don't think... It, yeah, I think it was. But, um... The, like, say, like, um... The opening action scene in Octopussy has nothing to do with the movie.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah. like,
1: this one has... Like, this one has nothing to do with the movie, while also... It, it, it has its cake and eats it, too, which is kind of fun. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. And it's kind of yeah. funny, you know, this is a little bit of a tangent. I'm, well, not a tangent, just a little quick side here. I think the Brosnan films... It, uh, my mine is dying. another day, the, their hmm. opening sequences got better as they went along. You know, I
1: think so true, I I really love the hovercraft chase from. I do uh, too. The day. I just don't
0: think it's better than the opening from the world is not enough. That's I why think I, said, right. I, think right. I think it's it.
1: probably the in terms of ranking the Brosnan opening title sequences. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would be Goldeneye. Um, in terms, of, okay, in in, in um, ascending order, Goldeneye, dying of the day tomorrow never dies as wasn't well enough
0: yeah 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 so uh, yeah. Yeah. that's why I said uh, excluding die another day the the opening sequences get better as the movies uh, are released for sure but, um, yeah but anyways okay so I, I've given you one of my favorites I, that was a very long tangent about white knight but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, what, what, what's one of yours what's one of yours
1: um, gotta give a shout out to my boy T-Dalt um, with his of own snow of action course. scene which is um the entire chase sequence in um, The Living Daylights is really, really I fun. I love that one. Yeah. So like, I he starts it. off, he's in the Aston Martin and he uses like the few optional extras to uh, take out the cop car. And then yeah. the police, like, like, they, like an army comes and... Yeah, like what like, the hell? Because it's like they're, they're, they're in like, the, the Soviet bloc so it's a bunch of yeah, like yeah. Uh, Russian like policemen with a tank and shit. And right. so then he... Uh, he, he uh, like self-destructs the car and they get away and they have to use the cello case <laughs> to uh, <laughs> yes. like slide down the thing and they like skin around and I just think like the whole thing is so much fun like the Bond on the ice with the car and then the guy with the mortar like launching the, them I, it's just yeah, such a fun I, scene the music John Barry's got like this like synthy oh, version of the James yes. Bond theme going it's just so much fun and it's, it's kind of comical without being it's like the kind of comedy I think timothy dalton was able to do because he was he was the straight man to the comedy yeah. you know what i mean like he yeah. had a complete stone face reaction to everything going on but it was yeah. kind of absurd what was going on like they had to ride in a cello case and steer with the um with the cello and mm-hmm. like um it gets shot and like just like all like, all of a they, like they, they literally slide across the border into, <laughs> into austria and it's I just think- um
0: I, I think fun. that that's like one of my favorite things about that sequence is li- is honestly like I, not only like how just like badass it is at times but just like the progression of it is just kind of witty in a way you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah yeah
1: and like it it, it is funny because he was like he had such a big deal with going back to go rescue her cello and then it ended up being like he has that one line like i'm glad i insisted you brought that cello mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. it's just great it, 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 is, it is very like sort of it's nice that they set it up because you don't see like setups like that for action scenes so much for sure. Um, for sure. But yeah, it just, it's generally a fun scene. Um, and, my, my boy my boy t Doll. I know one. you had to
0: give him a shout out somewhere and oh, it sure yeah. as hell was not going to be in License to Kill because I don't even think they touched snow in that movie
1: there is no snow in License to no Kill unless snow you count movie. like cocaine <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that's true alright oh I guess it's back to me then give you an opening sequence um, yeah, you know definitely. I'm going to go classic on this one I th- this is just like it should be on any sort of list of the best uh, James Bond snow action sequences and uh, that's the 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 I think it's the opening right from uh, the Spy Who Loved Me the, with oh, the yeah. parachute oh, yeah, yeah, when he's doing the yeah, yeah that is the opening yeah um he's doing the he 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 the, the, the giant free fall and then the parachute uh, he pulls it last minute I mean it's iconic like what what it's can incredible. you say it's such yeah. a you know not only is the ski chase beforehand like pretty cool but that that jump that the stunt the big stunt makes it yeah that stunt is incredible that stunt is ahead of it's time really
1: oh yeah it's, it's absolutely insane if you go and watch like some of the behind the scenes stuff and how they did it it's kind of uh, shocking that they even let him do it yeah. Um, yeah it's breathtaking and and going back to like yeah the actual ski sequence itself where he's flipping off like doing a backflip off of the, uh, the ramp Right, kind of right and it turns around and has the um, the projectile in his, uh, in his uh, sort of his ski pole. Yeah. Um, it's all just so much fun, so ridiculous and great. And then you have that um, uh, Marvin Hamlisch's like 70s James Bond music playing. It's yeah, like, the
0: music was a nice accompaniment there. Um, it was I, really I, I cool. Do, it,
1: it kind of felt like a disco, like a little roller disco going on. Yeah, on the it ice did. And, it was like, hey, was, we're,
0: is Bond's in the 70s even though he's been in the 70s for a few movies. But yeah, <laughs> but it was like, oh my God, it's just, it's a great scene. You can't not mention it. Like you no, say, it, it is. It is. It is so iconic. I mean, it's, it's not only a staple of uh, within the franchise. It is a staple for people who aren't you know, aren't the biggest Bond fans. They know yeah. that sequence. They know him pulling the parachute in with, with a giant Union Jack on the back. I mean, it's been mocked in Austin Powers. It's been... Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, mocked just, it's iconic. You know, it's, like, referenced in everything. But I think the thing I love about it is, like, is that the free fall, he keeps you in suspense for so long. And it's, like, at the yeah. very last minute he pulls the chute and then it goes in the opening title sequence. And I'm just like, that is just that is fucking awesome you know For oh my and, God. Th- and this is coming from someone who I'm not the biggest fan of the Roger Moore films that is like <laughs> one of the best moments in a Bond film period I just I get like so giddy every time I see it I'm just like oh fuck yeah that is so awesome <laughs>
1: and if you want to see like a kind of a funny um uh, it's, not, it's not even really like, like related to it in, in any kind of substantial way but um there's an Alan Partridge uh s- like skit where mm-hmm. um because because um, like Steve Coogan famously loves the Spy Who Loved Me, um, mm-hmm. and Roger Moore Bond films in general. And there's one bit in he's playing Alan Partridge, and um, someone tapes over his copy of the Spy Who Loved Me, and so he he makes all his friends sit down, and he like mm-hmm. blow for blow reenacts the opening scene in the middle of his living room. So he's like, <laughs> he reenacts the ski chase and the opening credit like opening title sequence. Uh, like 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 shot for shot. And yeah. it is so funny. Um, I'm pretty sure he improvised it because it just didn't seem scripted at all. And it's just really funny. Right, uh, right. So partially now, I mean, I've seen This Way of Love Me a million times, but part of me now when I watch it, I sort of think of Alan Partridge doing like the... Um, and he's falling. Oh no! James Bond has died. <laughs> well, that's what he's I'm saying. Dead. Like... And it's like, uh, it's just so funny. And then he does like he does like the um, his own little rendition of the James
0: Bond theme. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: just so funny. So go watch that if you haven't. Um, for
0: real, for real. Oh my god. But Good anyway, um,
1: I guess it's my turn to pick. Yeah, out. give give, a give a us another pick here. Give scene. us another pick. Oh, there's so many. Um, I'm not, I kind of want to go with an off the wall. Like, is it really off the wall though I don't even know if this is like a weird pick or not um I think this movie just doesn't get enough recognition in general
0: mm-hmm.
1: but um the uh the ski chase in um for your eyes only
0: is yeah yeah quite thrilling in that it's, I, I was it's, hoping it's, you were gonna bring that one up it's, for it's sure. like an
1: entire sequence in se- essentially because it's not just a ski chase it's like bond is being pursued by um um oh I can't remember his name. Um the the hexagonal glasses. Um oh, this is gonna bug me. It's I'm quite embarrassed that I don't remember his name. It's but will okay. um, he's, it's being, Christmas. We'll he's forgive you there we go. That's my one wish for Christmas. Um,
0: <laughs> but
1: um anyway, so he's being pursued and I really like the bit where they are on foot and he like sort of bond ducks into the um the elevator. He goes up the ramp to the um the like the ski ramp at the Olympic training center. Yeah and yeah. um he goes there. He's being pursued. And they're in the elevators, and it's quite tense. Um, and then Bond like it, it escapes. He does like the big ski flip. Um, and then it becomes like a ski chase, where he's being chased by um, by the henchman and uh, the big. I actually don't even remember his name either. Um, yeah, the big, yeah. the big German guy, the big German um, Olympian. He gets chased, and Wait,
0: I think he's a Soviet, isn't he?
1: I'm pretty sure he's German, but he's working okay. for the Russians. Okay, that's um, alright. But anyway, he's... um, Because... Anyway, he's being chased. And, like, the best bit of the sequence is when he picks up the motorcycle and throws it at Bond. It's just mm-hmm. one of those, like, mm-hmm. insane, like, shows of strength that I wasn't really expecting when I first watched it. It was just kind of... Right, right. Um, oh, no, I just remembered his name. Um, uh, Locke. The guy with the hexagonal glasses is is Locke,
0: right? Um, right.
1: In any case, uh, that whole scene is just really, really fun. Um, I like how they incorporated a lot of the Olympic sports into it because it was being filmed at the time of the Winter Olympics. So, like, um, I,
0: I love the part where he he does the uh, he he like does the jump. He does like some sort of jump, and he like skis jump. across the table.
1: yeah yeah it's just like the whole scene is just a lot of fun Um, there's a couple of really cool snow sequences I guess in this like the bit where the uh, the motorcycles with the spikes in them um, try to attack um, Melina Havelock and Bond like sort of dispatches with them like sends Uh them careening through a a flower shop window and stuff like that Um, yeah there's a lot of like really really fun stuff Going on in there, but um, yeah, that whole yeah. scene I think is underappreciated. I really love more so than the action. I just really love that opening bit where Locke is pursuing him. It's I didn't expect it to be as intense as it was, but it was quite like the tension and, and there's very really, very little music in that scene. It's mm-hmm, just you can just mm-hmm. hear like the um the diegetic noise of the um the Olympic fanfare in the background, yeah, yeah. um, and then the audience like 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 the, the the scores and scores of people sort of talking and. Mm-hmm. A surprisingly effective like suspense um for like a Bond movie that isn't famous for being and like isn't really well liked or well well known. Um I think unjustly. But um yeah, so that's my that's my next pick, I guess. I really
0: yeah, like that, that scene. <laughs> it's a it's a great pick. I mean it was gonna be mentioned one way or the other. It's it's on yep. my list for sure. Um I've got two here that I wanna Ooh. talk about. Um, but I think I'll go more cliche and traditional first, and then I'll save the edgy one for last unless you oh, cover it. That's um an edgy one. I, that's, that's, uh, Lazenby in, in Majesty's the uh, both sea skis when they're escaping uh Blofeld's oh. lair in the, the Swiss Alps. Yeah. I mean, in in my opinion, this is the greatest Bond ski chase out of the entire franchise and probably Easily, one yeah. of the best um um snow action sequences if not the best out of I the entire franchise. I think it's the best franchise.
1: ski scene I've ever seen in a in a film. It's
0: just ugh. It's so good. Well, and so I love his outfit too. The the uh the like the royal blue uh the ski outfit, uh-huh. the giant goggles. It's just so well done, you know, and, and even though Lazenby himself isn't really doing a lot of the skiing as you can see the green screen, the the choreography that the the stunt team is doing is unbelievable i i have to say i think my favorite parts of the ski chase because it's kind of it's kind of separated into like a few different parts right it's like there's like a daytime one there's like one with blofeld there's like one at night um the the yes, one yeah. at night i think is so intense and, and that's why i particularly i'm am more drawn to that one and that's oh, when he first escapes
1: yeah that's like because uh, that has a really cool scene where he like he trips the because the way when he um his his ski gets busted and he trips that one guy, yeah. And to get his skis, and they end up like tussling around in the snow. And it's one of one of the other instances in the movie where you really see the physicality that Joe Lazenby brings, because he's like for real, yeah, really like just throwing like throwing hands at this guy, and it was, just, it was a really cool, intense scene. And the guy ends up going off the cliff. And yeah, that's,
0: a, I was about to bring that yeah. up—the one where the guy goes off the cliff. I always remember that one.
1: Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's a really, it's just a really genuinely. Um, well executed scene, which makes sense because it was directed. That I mean, that whole movie is directed by uh, Peter Hunt, who mm-hmm. was a uh, previously an editor, and so I think he just sort of knew how to construct that action scene. I mean, it, it was probably a lot of second unit as well, but um, sure. I don't know. I think his, his expertise in editing really comes across in that movie in general. I, I would, especially the during the
0: the, uh, the ski sequences. But especially in the ski sequences, there's a lot yeah. of like
1: really. You can tell someone who understands how to construct an action scene was at the helm, and uh, which is really cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. And, and what better place than the Swiss Alps? Seriously, like it's oh my just, god, yeah,
1: beautiful really stuff in, there. In the second chase, even though it's like the the lesser of the two, I guess. Um, in the in the, the one where Blofeld's pursuing, um, uh-huh. well, in the, in the one where the, his henchmen are sort of pursuing, um, because Blofeld's not directly there. Um, right. Well, there's the I one love where the,
0: they they get in the bobsled oh that one's directly at the end too yeah 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 I'm yeah I like, yeah, um, yeah. And the there's like there's like three like winter action sequences that are kind of like you know it's like the one at night they hide in the barn the one during the day when they're chasing them and then the, the one towards the end like in the the uh the bobs that where they get in the bobsled and, yeah and there's even, there's even that car chase there's a little like car chase where they end up on the oh, ice yeah, yeah yeah this movie like after they escape the lair this movie like dials it up to 11 and just it, doesn't there's let a go lot of
1: action in it yeah yeah, it's yeah. Like, which is surprising when people say like oh, it's so slow and boring Boring. It's like excuse me <laughs> like well, we'll get but, into um, this
0: a little bit when we talk more about majesties on our own um, Yeah, um, but, but
1: yeah, no, I, I really like how in that um, in the, the daytime one um, I really like that the, the the guy who goes into the snow plow um, Oh my god, dude, and and you gotta like think for its
0: time. That is so brutal <laughs> and That was even yeah,
1: the blood and guts is like spinning yeah, out. and then George Lazen is just like he had a lot of guts was, oh, that was one of my favorite
0: <laughs> lines. That's a great it's, one-liner.
1: It's a great one-liner. It's oh my god. That whole sequence. All the snow all the ski stuff is really great. And there isn't a lot of like you mentioned the rear projection stuff. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. for a movie of its time, there isn't a ton of it.
0: No, like, there isn't. Really really the only time you see it is when you get the close-up of Lazenby.
1: Yeah, and I mean even then, like I, I compare that to the skiing in um any of Roger Moore's films um, oh my
0: god it, it looks 10 times better yeah there's
1: like there's a lot of like sort of rear, like, you can see a ton of rear projection in those because they wanted a lot of close-ups and Roger Moore wasn't doing the stunts yeah so it's like yeah, um, yeah it's, I think there's interesting like um, just how for, for like a movie that's made in like not with 1969 68 um, um, uh-huh. 69 it was probably made in 68 but um, that considering the, the, the film of that time looks still holds up visual effects wise because there isn't a ton of like trickery um is really a testament to the practical effects of the of the the bond franchise the stunts and stuff like that yeah yeah,
0: yeah it, I, I mean I the picture
1: that like one guy i remember watching the behind the scenes like one guy is legitimately skiing backwards holding a camera to get the, to capture the stunt and like they're going mm-hmm. through trees and stuff and he's skiing backwards with a camera which is incredibly heavy <laughs> um <laughs> and then like he's ski, and he's also skiing without poles because he's got to hold the thing so like just skiing backwards without poles holding a massive camera an like, expensive piece of hardware um uh-huh, uh-huh. it's just it's insane and like the fact that they pulled it off is insane. Even like the even the stunt guys who are in the scene, they don't have poles either because they've they're holding machine guns. So right, like, right. And then the guy who played who's um who was stunt uh, stunt double for Lazenby at one point, he gets his ski shot off, and so he's skiing on one foot, and it's just <laughs> like they did that. They did that for real, and it's insane. Yeah. No, um,
0: it's it's crazy. Like the, the behind the scenes stuff for for the the stunts on that movie is is Ahead of its time, it truly is ahead of its time, like really. Yeah, like and like the fact that no stuff. one got
1: like severely, like fatally injured was is is, is crazy too, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah, for sure. All right, let's get let's give you one more. What uh, give me, give me one more action or, scene, and then, uh, one more.
1: okay? Let's or see. actually, no,
0: like... no, no, you you get two more because I because I got one more, so that means you get two more, yeah.
1: Oh boy, I'm trying to think of what we've, we've mentioned already. Uh, I mean, this isn't really a favorite, but we're sort of like scraping the barrel now, but um, um. <laughs> well I, I know I think I know which one you're going to mention so I won't mention it mm-hmm. um because it's it's inevitable that it'll come up but um do you think it was, really the one you're going to mention I think is I mean there's not too many left that we haven't discussed so um I guess that's true I think okay actually there's two more that you could mention so uh I'm going to just go out on a limb and I'm going to mention the one that never mind um I'm going to mention <laughs> the one that I think you're going to say because there's a couple others that, that I wasn't even considering um but the uh is not enough. The ski sequence in the walls not enough.
0: Yeah, that's mine. All right, you don't get another okay, one because yeah. that you took mine. All right. <laughs> this is your last
1: one. But yeah, that's fine. Um, my, my, the other one I was going to mention is I, uh, the, <laughs> the ski scene in um, – it's not a very good one, but the one in uh, the beginning of uh, – the, the pre-title sequence of um, – if you kill.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, um, definitely I, not mentioning it, that. That
1: no. one's a little goofy because it has like the Beach Boys randomly in it. Um, yeah, weird. But, but no, 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 this one, the wall's not enough. This is a pretty cool one because it has like the the um, the skis, like these, these...
0: It, it's really s- so... it Dude, it is such copter. a 90s action scene.
1: Oh my God, it's, it's balls to the wall. It's actually the one I see referenced a lot more often than, um, than I would expect. Just yeah. because I guess it's very it's contemporary it's one of the only contemporary ski sequences we've gotten so um when people think of a bond ski sequence they think of this one now i guess
0: people of our generation yeah Um, i just think his outfit is so funny like it, <laughs> it looks kind of feminine. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Like, oh my god, I, 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 never thought
1: that before, but now I'm not gonna be able to not think it. He, um, he looks yeah. like he's wearing a woman's jumpsuit.
0: The, the, I, I'm dead serious. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's gonna inflate, right? So it's, it's, it's. Maybe yeah, James I, Bond really should be played by a woman. I maybe you know, that's what it is. Know. Yeah, he's been wearing the gear for
1: years. Yeah, for but, real. Um, but yeah, no, this scene's pretty cool. It's just in, for its inventiveness, mm-hmm. and um. Something interesting about the score for this scene, because uh, once again, um, it wasn't enough as one of the f- David Arnold's best scores. But mm-hmm. something I didn't realize in, in, until fairly recently, a couple of years ago, um, this scene uh, is was was partially com- like composed by garbage, like um, the the action scene was composed by garbage scene, and with, David Arnold. David Arnold and garbage worked together to come up with a cool ski action scene, like score holy crap which is really really cool good um, stuff That's, yeah and, like a further testament to uh, what happens when you let David Arnold pick who he collaborates with for these Bond movies instead of forcing him to work with like Cheryl Crow but um <laughs> sorry that was like very passive aggressive but um no,
0: it's okay I know you got you got hate <laughs> you got hate in your but
1: life. um yeah it's, it's a really cool like different sounding score um interesting idea with the ski uh like the paris skiers and um just interesting intense scene and then it ends in an interesting very human moment actually for a bond film where mm-hmm. bond and um and electra are trapped in the bubble under the, like buried in snow and electra yeah, is which fucking the bubble was a little
0: silly but i think what happens afterwards kind the bubble's of was a little makes silly but part. yeah it pays pays off in like giving
1: putting them in this secluded death trap situation where she like has a very genuine human moment or is it yeah. a genuine human moment? Is she manipulating Bond? It's very mm, interesting, but um, mm. just a good scene of like a good little bit of acting yeah. in that moment. Um, which that's the, the standout moment of that scene for me. Um, even though it's not really the action-y part of it, it's just very cool. Um, I also like Bonds. Like, like Pierce Brosnan has some pretty funny reactions to like. He really does. Like and when he, he when like when he thinks they're all gone and then another one comes around and he like skis off the edge of the cliff and like <laughs> slices through his <laughs> thing. And, I like, just
0: love the shots of him like, <laughs> like 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 going off a ramp with a giant explosion behind him. Oh it's my god! Like, it's
1: just so Pierce oh. <laughs> Brosnan '90s. It's just amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's great. It's such a '90s action scene, but um. But anyway but yeah. you can go ahead. What were you saying? You go ahead with your final pick, I guess. No, that was my final pick. I don't oh, have. a your final pick? We're not yeah. going
1: to talk about the. Uh, We've got go one more we haven't talked about, which is the Spectre plane scene. <laughs>
0: right. Which I you might as well just cover the whole basis. Not might not our well. favorites, but really just all of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> the Spectre. I think the Spectre plane sequence is good. Uh, I think Thomas Newman's score builds up the intensity more so um, than the actual scene. Um, yeah. We it's um it, it's you know it's it's good it's nice that we got to see Daniel Craig tackle one one of uh one of these because we hadn't seen one in a while um yeah. while he's not actually skiing I think the the plane was a um the plane sequence was a nice way uh of doing a snow sequence you know it was different they, they thought outside the box for it
1: yeah um, I think with um with Spectre especially um I really like Spectre mm-hmm. um more so than I think a lot of people do yeah but one of its weaker one of its weaker points is the action I don't think any of the action inspector is particularly gripping I think well it's 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 not necessarily
0: the like Like, the only reason you remember the um the, the snow plane action sequence is because it's probably the most memorable action sequence in the movie but also because um you know James Bond is wearing like his kind of like tribute to to Majesties in there with the giant goggles and the um
1: yeah, I you but know. I think like um that seems it, it, it's intense. I think um my problem with some of the action scenes in Spectre in general, but with this one especially, um and that doesn't ruin the scene for me or anything. But um I feel kind of removed from it, like um with a lot of Bond action scenes because of the stunt work and because of the way they're shot. Um, there's a lot of immediacy, and mm-hmm. I'll bring this back to uh, like the counterpoint with it with um Majesties, which is the best. Yeah. snow action scene um, like I was saying with the, the the guys were filming skiing backwards holding cameras to get the perfect shot and you felt like you were in the scene because of that because the camera yeah. was moving with the actor and there was like even if you didn't fully realize what was going on there was just a sense of danger in it in the way it was shot um, this ingrained in it whereas with the scenes in Spectre you feel very removed from everything going on you feel like we're at a safe distance where we're not really at an in any peril and we can sort of you know what i mean it was no there was wasn't a ton of immediacy Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and it always felt very safe a couple i think the most dangerous part of that scene was the crash and that was my favorite part of the scene where he's crashing and tobogganing on the crashing plane through the building and smashing into the convoy um mm-hmm. I think that was the most intense part of the scene. And that's because things felt chaotic. Yeah, I agree. Things felt like they weren't pre-planned and all and like choreographed. Yes. Yeah. Where and that's my biggest problem with the with the car chase. The car chase feels very on the rails. Yeah, it feels so very the,
0: choreographed. You know, and
1: then, and then they're, they're going through empty streets essentially. Yeah, yeah. And it feels like very deliberately choreographed. And doesn't there's no immediacy to anything going on. Um there's no peril. And that's my biggest problem with the action Spectre as in general, but especially with that scene where I just sort of felt like, oh, okay, this is cool, but it's yeah, not like, yeah. I'm almost not appreciating the, the, the actual stunt work because I don't feel like there's any danger, which, um, for sure, for sure, which is what holds that scene back a little bit, but it doesn't ruin it. It's still a
0: good scene. It just, um, well, like yeah. I said, it's the most memorable one in the movie, maybe because of just like the way it's shot and like the, the elements yes. and stuff, yeah, but, yeah. um, But yeah, so those are the the, all of. I'm pretty sure we covered all of the snow action sequences (laughs) in the fucking series. I didn't plan on doing that, but you know, there's only X amount of them. Uh, If we missed one, I'm sorry. It wasn't that memorable.
1: (laughs) That's all I. I mean, yeah, especially if I'm not remembering it, then it's definitely not memorable. Definitely.
0: Oh it was my not god! That memorable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, let us know which your favorite uh, James Bond snow action sequence is uh, in the comment section below of wherever you're watching. Uh, everyone has their own personal picks, so it's it's um it's curious to see which yours might be. I guess the All opening right. of
1: GoldenEye is kind of
0: a snow action scene. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Not really though. I we'll yeah. count that. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll give it to you. Maybe we'll give it. To you. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> all right so moving on to our last little uh topic for today in the yes. in the show in this christmas special of the words are not enough uh <laughs> we're gonna have a little bit of uh on her majesty's secret service appreciation not a review oh, not a discussion but just a very you know why this is the uh the the, the james bond fans christmas movie um now, uh, of course, this wouldn't be a proper segment if I didn't let Brody uh, start it off. So, Brody, I, let's oh, just you, you know what, what what's the best way to do about it. You know, when you when you think about Majesties, we always think about um, Tracy and and, and yes. Bond and how this was the first time we really saw you know um, Bond experience loss and realize that he really can't be with another woman um, mm-hmm. forever. You know, he can't get settle down and get married. Um, And I think this is the first uh, movie that really takes risks like that and really um, takes Bond into a more serious light, I guess you could say.
1: Well, I I mean, the Bond films are always kind of serious, like, especially the earlier ones. There there was a lot of serious ones in there, like, I think the first four like Sean did were
0: oh yeah I mean they're serious. they're serious but I guess I, I, think, I shouldn't say I know, they're not serious, serious But yeah. I
1: know what you're saying though. I, know, I know what you're saying though I think I think the reason it comes across more serious is because it it really is the first one to really focus on Bond as a character
0: yeah and
1: yeah. it treats Bond as a character rather yeah. than as a male power fantasy kind of like character that you can sort of live vicariously through right for um, sure for sure and so, yeah, I think in a lot of ways, this is this was the original precursor to what Daniel Craig has sort of it is built his entire yeah. tenure around, which is yeah. turning Bond into a the human that he was in the books. Yeah, and um, I think he does this so well. Uh, cause, I mean, it didn't have too much of a choice because it's a pretty faithful adaptation of the book, um, in a lot of respects. So yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, there are like little details that are changed or like like taken out or whatever. Um, for the sake of making it, a, it's already a lot. One of the longest Bond films, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so I think it took some liberties in some areas, but not in the general thesis of the book, uh, which is Bond's um, humanity and his relationship with Tracy, which right. brings that out. And that's my favorite part. I mean, that's everyone's favorite part about Majesty's, but uh-huh. it is just so, uh, I guess, emotionally real of like mm-hmm. for, for mm-hmm. a franchise that doesn't really have a, until recently didn't have a ton of emotion in it um besides like the the, the visceral sort of thrill uh-huh. of uh spectacle and then and then and I say that as a fan I love it I, it's not that's not an indictment of it in any way but um this is like this sort of show that there's other dimensions to the, to the series in that um it could be more which is great which is because that's why I love the books mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. I think and talking about this as a Christmas movie I almost want to justify this a little bit because
0: well, that's, whatever this where I was going to go next why talk a little I mean, bit more about like you know why this is really like the Bond fans uh, Christmas film
1: well I think this is like this is more of a Christmas movie than like everyone always talks about like oh Die Hard's a Christmas movie and I agree it is a Christmas movie but um it's a Christmas movie because it's set at Christmas this yeah. movie is set at Christmas but the Christmas kind of ties into the whole thing um in a lot of different ways like there's this little like it's not just coincidentally at Christmas time. They, there's all this stuff going on with um, Blofeld giving the gifts to the uh, to the angels of death. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which yeah. which becomes their like their little kits to sort of um, spread the um, the bio pathogen or whatever. Yeah, and um, I don't know, like there's the, the the little shot of the Christmas tree when Blofeld comes yeah, on the Christmas tree and. Yeah. Um, John Barry made a Christmas song for this movie, um, yeah. which you said you didn't like. You didn't think it was too memorable. I listen I think to it's it okay. every year. I think, um, like, do you know how Christmas trees are made? They take. Da, da. I'm not. There ready you to go, sing it, Brody. Brody. Um, everyone,
0: Brody's singing. He's. Oh my yeah. god!
1: It's but I think I, I I listen to it every year. I think it's a it's a pretty decent Christmas song. Um, but it just it's it's very much a Christmas movie, and uh, mm-hmm, I shouldn't mm-hmm. have to defend defend that. I just think. Um, there's a lot of elements to it that feel specifically Christmassy. There's almost like a kind of like a lot of weird Christ- Christian imagery when you think about like, I don't think it was intentional, but like... Um, if Bond you dive and, deep into it, it's I mean, probably if you a little it. To, like, it doesn't, it doesn't work it. in any kind of like yeah. analytical way, but it is kind of funny that Bond and Tracy pr- like propose to each other in a barn, which just feels a little bit like... Um, I mean, uh, feels a little bit like uh, a manger. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, that's also like a little odd. Then there's like, um, I don't know. That's about it, really. But yeah. it's—I just thought that was funny um, when I sort of realized it. But in general, just it's a lot of Christmassy stuff going on, and I think um, it's not. It should. If, if Die Hard is a Christmas movie, then this is definitely a Christmas movie.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I I completely agree. I mean, you just said a bunch of the reasons why I, f- I feel it is, but um. You know, also just I mean, the setting helps. The um, I mean, you know, it's what, snow, when yeah. they're when they're doing the car chase on the ice, like it is very clearly like Christmas time there and such mm-hmm. like that. Um, I mean, it's, Tracy
1: shows up and like, when Bond's like fleeing, and she shows up, she's just on vacation. Like, yeah, right, <laughs> on Christmas vacation in the Alps, and like, yeah, it's just kind of like funny. No, no, and yeah, just, absolutely.
0: I, I, it's interesting. This is um, aside from the Connery films. So like, I the first time I watched this, it was like I. I had seen all the Connery films, I had seen, I think all the Brosnan ones because I grew up with them, but this was like the first Bond film that, actually, you know, I take that back, I don't think I had seen all the Connery films at first, I had seen the first four Connery films. Um, You'd seen the Daniel Craig ones, right? No, this was before the the Craig ones came out. Um, and and then I watch well you know maybe Casino Royale come out but uh, anyways mm-hmm. but this is really my first introduction to like a a new Bond back fr- from back in the day you know it wasn't like a modern uh, Bond like I mean you know like I grew up with Pierce Brosnan I grew up with uh, Daniel Craig to an extent like mm-hmm. and I and I had watched most of the Connery films but this was like the first one where it was like I was still like back in classic bond and stuff like that. I, I don't know, I know if that's mean, really the first He's of anything, like,
1: but I know. I totally know what you mean though. Like I, I because he Connery is like a given as yeah. bond. Yeah. And then obviously Pierce Brosnan was a given because we grew up with him. Yeah. Yeah this is kind of like, this is when you sort of start to realize oh, there's a bunch of different movies, like there's a bunch of different ones. Like,
0: yeah, exactly and most people, yeah. the natural progression is to go from Connery to Roger Moore but there's a little film in there yeah. that is probably one of the best ones in the it uh, is one of the best ones in the entire series and I just remember watching it and I was like this movie is incredible, it's got <laughs> stakes it's got emotions, we're diving deep into the characters, the action is off the charts like we just mm-hmm. mentioned, we were talking about. Actually, you know what, we did forget an action scene and it's not inherently... Uh, it's snowy in in where it takes place but it's when um uh they're they're storming uh Blofeld's um hideout when he comes oh, back the, the with Battle um uh, yeah, yeah you're
1: right
0: yeah you know and 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 they're, they're they're storming that and they're um trying to find Tracy take out Blofeld and and all that stuff that, that's right that that's right before the um the bobsled chase you know yeah
1: I mean that's the big finale that's like the, the, the yeah, the I mean, it's the,
0: yeah, it's the big final action sequence. Which, by the way, I love that action sequence. So maybe you can mm-hmm. count that. Um, oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah, I, mean, I can't believe we didn't even mention that. That was, I mean, I guess we sort of meant we sort of, we spoke for so long on the, the ski scenes. Yeah. That we didn't even think of like yeah the rest of the movie.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's just like it's there's there's so many things that are in there that are just like iconic in terms of Bond that I, I feel like go underappreciated by you know your average person. Yeah, who may you know may not be like oh George Lazenby he did one Bond film isn't that like supposed to be the worst because he only did one Bond film um, right yeah. it's, it's kind of crazy but you know you know I just I just remember watching it and and you know being you know I was enamored with like the the modernness of the the Brosnan films and uh, I think Casino Royale maybe and I loved Sean Con like I I just loved Sean Connery in the um in in his movies and I obviously I loved him in like uh The Last Crusade, which I was already familiar with. Um yep. but then you go into Majesty's and you're like, I don't I have no idea who this actor is. <laughs> um he's not Sean Connery, but he's kind of like Sean Connery in a way. You know, he's he's very much his own but he still has that like bold charisma. Yes, I, um, yeah, he's definitely playing the same character. Yeah, and the, and I was just like the, the the structure of this film, it like it it feels like a a movie, not necessarily like a Bond movie, because you know sometimes the, the the structures of the Bond movie they're very um they're different than I guess other films.
1: I guess yeah, there's a Bond formula for constructing for a sure. film, and this and didn't I, have a lot of that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah,
0: I, and and I felt like I was watching this, and I, I was like, I was the same way. I was like, this this feels different in in a great way. Like this mm-hmm. is, you know, they they were they were taking so many risks here. They were ahead of the ahead of its time it was ahead of its time really um mm-hmm. and uh yeah i don't know i just i just fell in love instantly and i was like that's this is one of the best bond films I, actually you know at the time i think that was my favorite bond film uh sans uh casino royale yeah but um but yeah you know i just i i, I love this movie i watch it quite often um, definitely watch it around Christmas I haven't watched it yet though to, to be honest around Christmas time I it's almost Christmas I haven't watched it yet maybe I'll pop it in tonight yeah. um but there, yeah. there's so much to love with this movie there's so much juiciness in it Uh, <laughs> you know Telly Savalas as Blofeld the guy is like, incredible. I, I yeah, still he's... think he's the best Blofeld we've ever had he has like the nice he has a nice balance of like charisma and sinisterness um um he he just he eats it up when he's on screen and his his scenes with him and uh George lazenby are extremely well done they mm-hmm. it's not like they have the best chemistry but like there's a nice rapport there i guess you could say um, yeah no I think they definitely
1: understand their relationship based on how they interact and
0: right uh, right for sure for sure um but in and, and like like i said you know just tell, tell Savalas is just you know, he's an A-class... He's, like, a world-class actor, but just in that movie especially, really... Um, he defined Blofeld for me. Yeah. And it was thing, kind of funny because I... I re- just real quick, retrospectively, like... <laughs> I watched that movie, and then I went back and I watched uh, You Only Live Twice, and I was like,
1: what the hell is going on? <laughs> and that's, that's the thing, like, I, that, I totally agree. Because, like, um... And that's, and that, not because we talk about how Bond as a character is sort of, like, treated as a character for once in yeah. this movie. Yeah. the Same goes for Blofeld. And for yes, Tracy as yes. a Bond girl, like the Bond girl is treated like a, like a three-dimensional character. Yes. Um, and Blofeld as the villain is treated as a three-dimensional... He's not just like, I'm sniveling and I'm sitting in the chair and I'm giving orders. Like he had shit to do in this movie. Like he mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. involved in his plot far more than Blofeld was in uh, mm-hmm. previous entries and then in right. future entries. Um, and so... Yeah, he really is like quite a standout. Like, can you imagine Donald Pleasance getting on skis to chase balls? No, absolutely not. You can't,
0: yeah, you can't Mm -hmm. picture that Blofeld doing the stuff that Telly Savalas does in the movie. That's why I think it was important for them to, like, show him before he did any kind of like action stuff because it was like listen this is not this is not the blowfield that you guys are familiar with from uh, you only live twice this this is a very you know he's serious you can take him seriously now um he's a force to be reckoned with
1: I mean yeah he's even a little different than the blowfield. we'd seem like him just sitting in the chair stroking his cat like he's no not just, he's
0: like out in the snow like smoking involved. his he's cigarette doing- like in a really <laughs> weird way
1: Oh my god, yeah. I, I can't. I, I rave about Telly Savalas. He's so, so good as Blofeld. He, he is. Um, he really is. And, uh... Well, we should talk about Tracy,
0: since we've Well, know, um, I absolutely go into the main characters. I mean, Diane like, Rigg, what can you Diana say? Rigg she's, like, incredible. probably the second oh best Bond girl. For me, it's, it, at least, aside from uh, Vesper.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's got, a of, like, a lot of, um... She's got a lot of spunk for a character, like, who isn't... Like... And this goes back to what we're talking about with the female bonds. This kind of talks, like, ties into it. Like, the Bond franchise does have a little trouble sometimes with um, depicting its women. Yeah. You know, not a hot take there. But, um, no. <laughs> but, um, because either they are kind of useless, like, um, think of, um, uh, Mary Goodnight in John Oh my God, she, Gun, was <laughs> she was useless. Where she just completely useless and, like, like, you know, just i mean to, christmas yeah, jones even christmas you know. jones well christmas jones is almost the ex, exact opposite i would say christmas jones or like a lot of the piss brosnan ones really uh christmas jones and jinx especially though um of and and, and a little bit of waylin um in that they make the bond girl hyper capable to the point where the the only aspect of her character that you know is that she's tough. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Jinx that's is right. a that's, tough. That's, no business. She can. She's the female Bond. Or yeah. Lin, and she's the female Bond. That's like that's my. Well, I don't. Know. I think I my felt like thing.
0: Christmas Jones was a little more useless than she was a little uh, more useless. Jinx. But she was
1: like she's like a nuclear physicist and she's oh like yeah she's like a do it all yeah yeah and like it was which is fine it could have worked had they had a better actress that's the thing if they had they didn't have like someone who looked like like a model playing another not that that you can't be beautiful and be a nuclear physicist she just looked like an airhead like um because um like in the same film um Electra is gorgeous and you could believe her as being cunning and interesting and um and she's one of the one of the few examples like her and Natalia the only two Bond girls in the Brosnan era who were like fleshed out characters oh for Um, sure for sure But my favorite thing to hear whenever, like, people talk about Bond girls, whenever Bond girls talk about Bond girls, I should say, whenever, like, before the film comes out, they talk about it, they're like, like, without fail, one of them goes, she's kind of Bond's equal. She's kind of like a female Bond. They always say it, like, like, um, uh, Olga, Olga uh, Kurulinko. Oh, yeah. um, Said that about Camille. Um, they all say it. It's just so funny. Um, because they don't always end up being the female Bond, but right, some right. of them, some of them do. In that, like, they take the surface levels of being tough, like Bond, and they slap it onto this character, and that's the only characterization that the character gets. And the nice thing about Tracy is Tracy isn't the female Bond. She is no, no, she's her own much, character. She's her own character, but that doesn't mean she's like just because she's not a super spy like Bond, she has a very strong will. When she's captured by Blofeld. And she's in Blofeld's lair. She is very like she's very smart. She's very like clued in. She like gives Blofeld to, what for? She's not just a damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And like even her relationship with Bond is very mature. And like the way she deals with him, and she's tough, but she's not like oh, I can beat you in a fight, tough. She's well, I'm real. I'm a, that that's she's what, real. She's yeah. a real like she's written like a real person. And then I think is the same way in that like she's not a a tough as nails female version of bond and that she's a spy, but she's strong willed and she has convictions and she has motivations of her own that extend beyond being the bond girl. And Mm -hmm. so, um, that's my favorite thing about Tracy. Tracy is just such a well-written character, uh, especially for the time, like this is like the late sixties. We wouldn't, we hadn't really hit female, like women's liberation of like the seventies yet. Um, we're sort of getting into that but like it was it's so it's so cool to see like a, a, a strong bond girl who isn't just like an archetype isn't just like you know what i mean i'm repeating myself but isn't like
0: no no or i, any of those I totally understand what you're saying cuz i've i feel the same way like yeah, so, we kind of do on this movie in general but um
1: yeah i mean this is yeah. going to be a big love fest for this movie but like screw it <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, it's. It, I mean, it's. It, this movie really just does everything right. And one of the more obvious and prominent things that it does right is the Bond girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying every Bond girl has to be like this because not every one of them is going to have a meaningful relationship like Bond, like what no, Tracy yeah. had. But I think that. And you, you don't. I, I don't know. Sometimes you see it, sometimes you don't. I think it's it's always good to keep in mind, you know, this to keep in mind, Tracy, when you are creating a bond girl, um, and yeah. maybe trying to emulate some of that, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause Oh, I totally do. Yeah. And, and not just in like, you know, her relationship with bond, but just kind of in like, how she's very much her own person that's always the, the 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 best bond girls unless they just have ludicrous names are the ones <laughs> that are their own persons or yeah. their, their own person persons
1: my, my, my favorite <laughs> no but i mean like even going back like because i won't say tracy was even the first to do this uh pussy galore pussy galore ridiculous exactly name aside, pussy yeah. galore is a an entrepreneur. She has her own like fucking business. She goes into business with with Goldfinger not because she's a villain, just because it's convenient for her. Um, and then she t- she turns around and betrays him, and her betrayal leads to Goldfinger's plot being completely dismantled. Yeah. Um, and so like she's got her own motivations outside of Bond. Um, some little like problematic stuff with like Bond. Like, right. Right. But um even still, she is like, she's a very like independent character and, and like independent of Bond. And we, I feel like going back to what we're talking about, like women in Hollywood, I think that the, when you're writing a, a female action a character and I shouldn't, I'm not going to like mansplain this or anything, you know, like, <laughs> I don't, don't want to be accused of that. Um, but yeah. the way I see, when I see a well-written female character and no, when I see a poorly written female character, it usually comes down to whether or not the character is like it, it comes down to like if, if you're making a strong character is the, is the character strong because you wrote the story to make them strong or is the character mm. strong because it comes from within them like right. Right. someone like Jinx is not a strong female character because nothing she does in the movie has any consequence and except, except she, like she makes she talks tough and she fights tough you know what I mean like yeah yeah. Her, her, her as a character, has no bearing on the plot, really, other than, yeah. like, we wrote it in that she saves the day. Whereas with Tracy, Tracy doesn't necessarily save the day, but her strength of will, her uh, standing up to Blofeld, her, like, sort of knowing what she wants as a person um, makes her a stronger character than Jinx or a stronger character than Weylin. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, so I think inner strength rather than, like, brute force is what makes a character strong not every character has to be strong sometimes there is just there are weak people that's yeah. my big defense of um everyone this is completely off topic but um Willie Scott in Temple of Doom everyone yeah. hates her because she's she's a fairly weak character in terms she's of like, useless really she's yeah. useless but I kind of like I kind of like her because she's not pretending to be tough she is just a a pampered rich like girl who gets swept up in this terrible adventure like that ruins her life I think that's kind of entertaining and I don't think every character has to be like. I don't think every character in movies has to be strong like there are plenty of weak male characters too that I like right Um, right. but it has to be motivated by character not by um, like convenience that we need a damsel to save or like you know what I mean we need a a useful idiot Um, so yeah that's my little hot take on that I guess but yeah Tracy's amazing
0: (laughs) Yeah, 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 for sure. No, no, I, 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 totally understand what you're saying. Like you, you speak the truth, Brody. Um, but anyways, <laughs> just to kind of wrap up this discussion of, uh, or this r- little um, praise of uh of Honor, Majesty, Secret Service, one mm-hmm. of the best Bond films today. Just what are your final thoughts on it? Um, just kind of um, wrap it up.
1: I think we, we, the only thing I can really say that you kind of already said, yeah, was this feels you're right it feels like a movie before it feels like a bond movie and that's my favorite thing about it this feels like a real movie um independent of the franchise it happens to be in the franchise uh, it feels like it's a part of the franchise but it's it's strong on its merits alone that i think it's worth watching regardless of whether or not you're a bond fan like and i feel like the same way about like casino royale um, there are a couple of the Bond films in the franchise, like *From Russia with Love*, where I feel like they transcend the franchise and they become just it, like remarkable pieces of cinema. So right. that's how I feel about this movie. This is a, this is a remarkable piece of cinema and a remarkable Bond film. All wrapped in the one wonderful Christmas present. Um, oh
0: yes, beautiful! Great oh, way yeah. to <laughs> great great way to end it off there. No, um, I mean I've I've said a lot already. Um, I I do think this is one of the best Bond films ever made. I think that George Lazenby is criminally underrated. Although he's, I think he's becoming more and more appreciated now, which is a good thing. I agree. Um, yep. Yeah. You know he's he brings physicality he brings charisma I mean he can be a little flat sometimes but hey it's his first acting gig uh, Diane Rigg we've already said everything we need to say about her Telly Savalas mm-hmm. as well uh, action sequences are incredible and this is the first time that it really felt like they were trying to make a a compelling and character driven movie not just a a bond film um, which is why I think it stands out from the pack and why it still to this day remains uh, one of the, the, the best one of the greats in the in the bond franchise uh-huh. So with that That is going to do it for uh, This episode this Christmas special Of the words are not enough Thank you for joining us I know it's a little bit of a long one We had a lot to discuss but hopefully you enjoyed Our takes on everything uh, And, and yeah. hopefully you all have a very uh, Happy Christmas uh, Happy Hanukkah whatever you celebrate um, I hope you have A great one a- And hopefully this uh, episode brings a little Holiday cheer to you During the season yeah. if you are a Bond fan which if, not, if you're not, you. why are you listening to the show? But <laughs> <laughs> thank you, though. <laughs> oh my gosh! Thanks for watching
1: two hours of a podcast about a series you couldn't give less of a shit about. Yeah, I for real. If are, you made it this far, I appreciate far,
0: that. God love you. God love you. <laughs> um, but anyways, guys, I, I if you like this episode or you like what we're doing at um um, the words are not enough. I can't even speak, man. My mind is in bunch of different directions Uh, if you like what we're doing here at the words are not enough why don't you head on over to iTunes and be sure to subscribe to this podcast that is the best way that you can get our content instantly it's immediately downloaded into your podcast feed and then also while you're over there why don't you leave us a rating and review because that truthfully helps us the more ratings and reviews we get the better chance the show has of getting noticed by other people Um, and it really just helps us as far as feedback goes so yeah um, that would be phenomenal if you could do that um but you know (laughs) if you aren't an apple user or you aren't big on um that stuff whatever you can also find this podcast on iheartradio or you can head on over to youtube at men versus movies all the episodes are uploaded there as well all right brody uh where can the world find you
1: uh, the world is not enough and they can find me and I, know that, I know where I was going with that um, they can find me at Brody Cervelli on Twitter um, yeah I tweet about movies and politics sometimes and stuff so if you're not offended by that sort of content please check me out <laughs> I also try to be funny sometimes so who knows yeah he
0: tries sometimes he it's, is sometimes, yeah, sometimes
1: maybe um, 40% of the time
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, anyways, uh, if you guys like me specifically and you like what I have to say, you can always give me a follow on Twitter at Griff Schiller. All right, uh, thank you all for making this uh, latter half of the year great for the words are not enough. We've got a lot of listeners. If you are a loyal listener, we appreciate you. We hope you have a great holiday season and a very happy new year. We may have a special uh, episode for you in the next week. May not, I'm not going to guarantee it, but it'll probably be the first week of the new year. We're going to be talking about Brody's uh, thoughts on what Bond 25 should be Well, should be needs to be what it needs needs to be in order to to succeed (laughs) exactly Um, anyways though uh, thanks again guys for your your support and everything and we'll see you in the new year until then take care Bye. bye I'm Jimmy. And I'm Kennedy Carman. Hurry up and save at the all new R Town Ford. Your new choice in Randallstown. There's hundreds of new Ford with total savings to up to $12,000. Or choose 0% financing up to 72 months. It's my count. It's your town. It's It's R Town Ford. Ford. Hi, I'm Jimmy. And I'm Kennedy Carman. Hurry up and save at the all new R Town Ford. Your new choice in Randallstown. There's hundreds of new Ford with total savings to up to $12,000. Or choose 0% financing up to 72 months. It's my count. It's your town. It's It's R Town Ford.